Talk Recorded live. Greetings, found sheep of the House of Israel, you chosen seed of Israel's race, you who did hear Christ's call. Uh, greetings again. Today is the 24th of May, 2018, and it is just a minute or two till 8 o'clock, and we're a little bit late because Logan had to uh, go to a doctor or a dentist and uh, a ca- get some stuff done. I went to chiropr- chiropractor. Chiropractor. And he just he just got out just a few minutes ago. Uh, well, I mean, the, thing is, look, the thing is, is that when you're on the table in there, so you know, they make you wait a while, they're crowded, and when you're on the table, I didn't have my cell phone on. I didn't have no idea what time it was, man. I'm I'm sorry about that. I, 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 from now on, I won't do that. Well, I I believe my you know it wasn't until I it wasn't until I was 51 that I got my first cell phone by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've had yeah. cell phones since 2001. This um, bitch Maggie Bell bitch butts of uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. Who gets all annoyed because uh, when you tell her that women are supposed to be silent in church, she gets yeah. all mad about that. And when you tell her that, she uh, stalks you and then blames you for stalking her, which is, you know, essentially what evil women do all the time. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, so I've had a, you know, me and Roxy have had a cell phone since, uh, what, September of 2001. And my complaint to the Grandy Telephone Company it was pretty well ignored because it was on, my uh, well, first complaint was on September 10th, 2001. And my response was not paid too much attention to because the next day was September 11th, 2001. You yeah. remember all the pissing and moaning and whining and bitching that occurred then. Don't you? <laughs> you know, the Zog decided to go ahead and blame them. You know, blame the ragheads for what the Jews did. So in any case, uh, you know, no, uh, you know, just their Nazi being kicked off was no big deal. So anyway, uh, that you know, that you know, so I, I've had a cell phone for. It seemed like everybody, I mean, I may go back to a landline just because the cell phone, you know, I don't think it's as secure as a landline. It gets a lot more interference. I mean, there are some problems with a cell phone. Well, I have one. I have a cell phone. I didn't give my number out very much. Uh, yeah. The, uh, you know, the landline, everybody knows the landline, so, hey. Yeah. You know, they call Roxy wanting money or what and what and whatever. And uh But I guess number eight, I just uh posted the book of Enoch in the chat room. So it, whenever you want to start recording and do your intro, we'll uh Well the big thing that's gonna happen in Dynasty is last week Dan Jones had some Really? Study, he had some nutty woman yeah. named, uh, you know, named, uh, what the hell was her name? Yeah. Her name was, uh, I got Well, she likes Isis. Okay, she worships the goddess Isis. She was, she was, she was a priestess of Isis. So yeah. it had a, had a email, and uh, pretty well Dan Jones had on the 16th this crazy bitch. Well, he had been... Ever since the first of this year, he had said, don't call me Pastor Dan. Pastor is what he has. Call me Commander Dan. So, 
command door stand, and everybody wasn't quite sure about it. So then he had this woman, this woman, uh, let me go ahead and, you know, put her back here, the neutered freak, you know, uh, I, I went ahead and saved a number of clips here. We had this crazy bitch on who essentially worshipped the goddess Mother Ice. Yeah. And everybody was saying, what the hell? And so as a result, as a result, the Steve Anderson character, and from my gather, he played militia back in the back in the nineties. He was sort of nutty Steve Anderson. Is he from uh, what state is he from? Kentucky. And so he, uh, I think he shot at or wounded or whatever. Maybe I don't think he killed, but he actually shot at. You know, he was into the sovereign system stuff, and he yeah. A Kentucky sheriff deputy or something? Yeah, you know, deputy sheriff, as I remember it here. You know what I mean? And so he got yeah. you know, he got jailed. He got jailed uh, for seven, eight years in Kentucky, and he got turned loose not too long ago. So then New Iron James puts him in. And uh, what happens is that the... Uh, this guy heard this, you know, heard this here, and he ought to have had a shit fit. Uh, what is this paganism shit here? Let me go ahead and put the thing on. Oh, I went ahead and listened to uh, a great disappointment by old, uh, by old Steve. I'll go ahead and put the thing up here. So what happens is that he got all mad, so then... You know, then old Dan Johnson says, well, I ain't going to be censored. I'm not going to be censored here. You know, I have all sorts of stuff. He said he didn't really believe in circumcision. Well, he believes in having his nuts cut here. So in any case, <laughs> in any case, goofy bastard, you know, he believes in cereal. Yeah, I mean, Dan Johnson believes in a vasectomy. He can't have kids. I mean, what the hell? I mean, this guy's a total joke. He's, a, he's some kind of Ashkenazi Jew with Crohn's disease, and mm-hmm. uh, he's what part Cherokee or part Redneck or part Jew, part Melungeon? I mean, <laughs> he's mystery meat, definitely. And so, some of my heads had a great disappointment. I mean, they were wondering, you can't worship, you can't worship Yahweh and Isis too. You know, this pagan demon, you know, demon got demons in this god. That's true enough. So Dan John said he believed in flat earth. He did not believe in circumcision. The flat look, everybody that believes in flat earth are usually total, total loony bins. I mean, they're just total nutcases. The earth is round. Even the Bible says the earth is round. All the pictures uh, from airplanes and spacecraft uh, are the earth is round. Anybody believes in a flat earth is just, I mean, uh, they'll believe any damn lie. Well, it reminds me of, it reminds, uh, reminds me of this Bugs Bunny and your Sydney Sam cartoon here where they argue and argue and argue. You know, I mean, Sydney Sam, I guess, playing the Catholic Church, playing Buddy and playing Galileo. The world is the round, the round like a ball. And then, and then, then Buddy, Buddy was arguing for a flat earth here. No, the world is flat. And then he hits him with a you know, big old wooden mallet here. Flat, like your head. <laughs> and, you know, you know, got on the noggin here. Just sort of, you know, sort of, you know, you know what, you know what, um, 
Warner Brothers, Looney Tune cartoons just be pretty violent here. I mean, I've even met people in identity that believe in flat earth. I'm like, you don't even believe the Bible. The Bible says that the earth is a sphere. It's round. Uh, You know, uh, what happens, Martin? You get around these people. It's not just they want to do away with Paul. I mean, you and I believe Paul went off the reservation. We, We believe he started out as an apostle with the tribe of Benjamin. It's not just Paul. They don't even like Revelations. They don't even like most of the Old Testament. They don't even like most most of the red letters. I mean, these people are total nuts. Yeah. Well, anyway, you said all, you know, uh, a brother on the arm was tempted. I mean, what happened? She was some skank. She was some skank. Some, some, bullshit. some 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 older wigger skank here, and I guess Dan Jones wants some of it or something. I don't know, so he got he ended up getting booted out. He ended up getting booted out here. I went ahead. Gail Max said herself her grandparents were Hungarian gypsies. No gypsies white. Actually come from out where's Pakistan. So it wasn't only concerned, he was also fellowship with the Mamser. The IRS calls them pikeys. <laughs> Sad thing, in America, they appear white. Pale skin does not mean white. One example below. So, anyway. Uh, I mean, look, Dan Jones. I came and Steve R. I came by, and Dan, introduced by sources, says, Paul, I pray he will repent and return to Yahweh. So they had you know, quite a few comments. But anyway. What ended up happening if you go over to you know Euro you know Euro you know Euro fucktards uh, you know radio? What happens is that Dan Johns, you know, Dan Johns, this entire show has been his his entire show has been booted off here. You know his entire show. Let me yeah, say, I can imagine. Uh, by Yahweh's design, it been on for a while, but he been kicked. He been he ran off at one time, and then came back. And so everybody got annoyed at the goofy bastards here. So anyway, you go to. I haven't known anybody that I haven't known anybody that hangs out with Dan Jones and stays with him too long. Me and another identity guy were on a show one time. He kicked us off because the first time he interviewed, he kicked us off because we were talking about the communist government. He said, "You can't talk about the government; they'll come down on me." I'm like, this guy's a total. He he was afraid to use the word Jew on his program. He said, "The enemy, the enemy." I mean, he won't even talk about the Jew. Well, who is the main enemy? I mean, uh, he himself is more lunge than Eskenazi Jew. Yeah, but it's just the Jews. They're spawn of Satan. I mean, they're the you know they're children of Satan. They're the main enemy here. Uh, you, you talk to me. Uh, Gotta realize is that British Israel, in British Israel, wasn't you know it was, it was distrustful of Jews in that they they said is that the Jews. They admit that you know, they said the Jews were Judah, uh, and that's where Russ Walker gets the stupid shit here. But uh, yeah. what happens is that they didn't, you know, well, they also said, anyway, they said is that uh, later on, see, some of the more based British Israel understood the Jews. We're talking about these Edomite Jews, and these Edomites were evil people. You know what I mean? You saw Edom. Uh, they said that Edom had read, so such was communist Jews, you know, uh, back when I went to church. But yeah, they, you know, but on the other hand, Herbert the Pervert gave his uh, 
church instead of uh, giving to a son guard kid, he ended up giving to these you know this Russian Jew named Tkach, and this Russian Jew gave it to his to his spawn, Joseph Tkach Jr. And Joseph Tkach Jr. went ahead and sold Ambassador College, sold every damn thing that was owned by the Worldwide Church of God. So yeah, a bunch of Russian Jews. A bunch of Russian Jews. He did away. He did away with it. Now it's you know it's no longer Worldwide Church of God. It's some you know, evangelical. So essentially, right around the turn of last century, you know, uh, old Herbert the Pervert croaked off in 1986. And by this time, here it was just losing memberships, losing money. The splinters had gone ahead. You know, most of the uh, oh, this uh, pastor who was a pastor when my brother died in this car wreck here. He went ahead and killed himself. Oh. Two, three, four years ago, and but but what? What a minute! Your brother they, killed himself? No, no, my brother. He got killed in a car wreck here. The oh, your brother killed? Yeah. Worldwide Church of God in 1993. Here, he went ahead and killed himself uh, a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, I met a pretty nice guy here. You know what I mean? It's the assholes who pretty well hung on, like Joe Flurry and the rest here. But no, originally. It was very much, you know, the original Christians, while they knew, you know, they, they, they called Jews Christ killers. They knew that Jews, you know, were really, you know, probably bad people. Yeah. You know I mean, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't come to where, oh, they're just simply, they're just simply demons and shoe leather is all they are here. They're spotted. Yeah. But, no, I mean, but the thing is, you didn't have as many Zogbots and Jews and Mamsers and reprobates, just evil people, as you do in Christian identity. I mean, in Worldwide Church of God, you had farmers, you had factory work, you had family men, you had people. Yeah, you had family men, and you had, I mean, you know, Butler wouldn't have been able to go ahead and get anywhere with his stuff. I mean, you know, pretty well, if you were... They had people to where, hey, uh, you had to be invited in order to come in first. And so they said, give Herbert a bunch of money and essentially really get into it and stop eating pork and keep the Sabbath and whatever we'll all do here. That's why I wanted to cover the Pentecost because the very first thing I've, I've noticed here is that, you know, pretty well the very first thing to go was the holy days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then goes Saturday, and then they re- rediscover the joys of bacon and eating pork. And so they, you know, everything sort of goes by the way. The very first thing to go is keeping the holy days. You know what I mean? So that's why I wanted, uh, that's why I did want to cover Pentecost uh, Sunday. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Not, uh, not the deal you gave me, but the deal I bought. I think that Dell has just simply died, so I think I have another dead computer. Oh, um, hold on. Uh, so the Dell laptop did die? Not the one you gave me. The oh. one that I had since, I think, 2011 or so. You know I mean? Oh, really? Or 2012. So well, that's a good thing I sent you that one, then. I wasn't using it, and hell, I mean, because the way you do the radio, Martin, I mean, you use a lot of, uh, a lot of computers at once, you know? Oh, I had one, which, you know, 
essentially it's my i five I use it as I use it pretty much as a uh you know, as a VCR. you know what I mean sure I use it to go ahead and record t v shows yeah and then and then pretty well, I mean I've got an i five Hewlett Packard. I mean they were they're yeah about how Hewlett Packard went south here, but no it's all you know Hewlett Packard's always been a good brand, you know what I mean. Yeah. Patrick Bell used to imitate you at I know. When I was in engineering school, all the engineering uh, laboratories um, at the school I went, they were all Hewlett-Packard. I mean, you know, they're expensive. Some of their shit's pretty expensive, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I had a Hewlett-Packard calculator. It was pretty good, too, here. You know what I mean? Sure. It was you use reverse Polish notation. Yeah. But the very first calculator I had was a uh, was a Hewlett Packard thirty. You know, uh, yeah. it was sold for thirty dollars, and uh, oh, it was a big seller here. It was an engineering calculator. Uh, you know, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good calculator. You know what I mean, so Texas. Yeah. They made us in engineering school. We had to buy. It was a engineering calculator. It was almost like a damn computer, man. It was a it was a Hewlett Packard. I mean, it was expensive just for a calculator. It was like two hundred, two three hundred bucks. But it it had, uh, it would do all the the engineering uh, and the physics uh, computations and stuff. Well, yeah, but Texas Instruments TI fifty nine. I mean, that's what we had in the army, and they have a special chip to do the. Yeah. Uh, you know, do the nuclear missile. Oh, that's you know, right. Yeah, you, yeah. But, oh. So you had to work on the trajectory and everything. If you were to fire a nuclear missile, you had to. Uh, uh, it's just like a uh, well, a mortar. A mortar, you can only get so accurate. Now, uh, the the nuclear missiles were guided by computer computer uh, gu- uh, uh, guided, weren't they? Well, yeah, they they. So, so there, there, I mean, there shouldn't be as much uh, computation on today's uh, nuclear missiles. I mean, it should all be built into the to the to the computer, right? Well, that's the reason they've done away with tube units. Uh, you know, what what it required with tube units is it required, well, it required just better manpower than they're able to get here. I mean, yeah, I'm saying. Forty percent nigger, about forty percent nigger, and then another ten, twenty percent Puerto Rican or something. His, you know, beaner, whatever. And then only about maybe forty percent of the army was, uh, you know, was white or white. Yeah. And, and the so, low IQ, uh, the low IQ people, they can't put in a job like that because they don't know what the hell they're doing. They'll screw stuff up. Well, my NRS was a mixture. It had really smart people. You know, I mean, the smartest ones. I mean, well, we had Nair, and uh, the second chief was a Puerto Rican retread from Vietnam. You know, he was you know, he was dumb as a bag of rocks here, but pretty well, pretty well, all the ones who actually worked in my understrength MOS. Oh, really? Even the dumbest one here had an IQ of about 110 here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway, you know, 
And then you had the Philatelic surveyors. They were mainly white, and they were, you know, you know, around 100 IQ, maybe a little bit better. And then you have shit like the infantry cooks and the missile crewmen. And they were down with a bag of rocks. And you'd have, supposedly, a senior sergeant would be an E-7. He was supposed to be the gunnery sergeant. Well, no, he didn't know what yeah. he was about to use. It was P- white PFCs and spec fours who would actually aim the damn thing. You know, get lined oh, yeah. up. So what I, what I had to do is the MOF, which, you know, it was the easiest to go ahead and make rank real quick in. That's why that Puerto Rican, you know, uh, since it was just a Puerto Rican infantryman who had been uh, essentially got back into the army. When I first knew him, he was a corporal promotable, which sort of the same as the Spec 4. And he made, e, you know, he made E5 and he made E6 real quick. But he didn't know how to do a fire mission, you know what I mean? Because what you had to yeah. do was just punching things into the calculator. Uh, they had a vacuum tube, field artillery, digital, automatic computer weighed 300 pounds. And it had to be it had to be fed and programmed by a tape, by a tape reader. You know, one of these things with a bunch of punch holes and shit. Only one person knew how to you know, fuck with that. We usually did. We usually just did it with, uh, we usually did it just with uh, a calculator. And we found out, we found out, well, how are you going to go ahead and get, how are you going to go ahead and get a, you know, 9-volt battery to go ahead and stay, you know, uh, plugged in? What happens is that they had an adapter, and it it would go ahead and, it would go ahead and these, uh, well, what it would be is it would be a PRIC-26 radio battery. Uh, What happens is it would have a number of what you call F-cells. Now, F-cells, you have four of them, you have four of them, Four F cells. You have A, B, you know, you know, you have triple A, double A. You have an A size battery. You have B, and you don't see where you made A's or B's anymore. You see, double, you know, triple A and double A. You don't see A's, B's. You see hey, what are those big batteries that used to put in the big flashlight, the lantern batteries? What, what, that what they were called? Those big, you know, those big. They were lantern batteries, and what they have, they had. Four, they don't even make four, them anymore, four. do they? They make them, but they don't make them very often. And they had four S cells, which were joined together. And this yeah. one guy, he yeah. had some scientific equipment, and said, "I can't get any F cells." I said, "Sure you can." That's what you mean. I said, "What you do is you go buy these lantern batteries, and you have four of them." Yeah. You know what I mean, so hey, you know, he had to pay twenty dollars for two F cells joined together. I said, "Well, shit." Oh yeah. Give a soldering iron. Give a soldering iron. You know, just go ahead and just. You know, essentially form two F cells together. You know, you might you buy some lantern berries. You'll get you'll get four F cells. So essentially, what you do is you simply, simply, oh, instead of you know these you know, these really expensive ones, which they're, they're discontinuing. You know, you know well, these things cost quite a bit here for my electrical testing equipment for my biology, biology shit here. That's as well. I don't know where you can get some F cells. You know, he says, where? I says, well, shit, just go buy a lantern battery. I mean, it really, they had the same voltage, but they were different sizes here. I mean, they were, they were all, they were all what? Oh, a paste. You know, they were carbon zinc batteries with a little carbon electrode yeah. and an electric paste here. So, shoot, they all come out with the same voltage, but, you know, they have different, different differently different amperages. 
Oh, yeah. Definitely a different power. I said, well, and I went, oh, shit. I'm glad I had you as a, but well, yes, I did work study, and I got 40 hours a week. You know, at $2.15 an hour, this was way back in 76, 77, and 78. You know, I'd work out at Crowder Farm, but uh, since I was taking engineering, I was the, uh, I was the chemistry, I was the chemistry and the biology uh, work study, work study, uh, you know, doer here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So usually I would go ahead and wash the test tubes, and I would mix the uh, would mix the chemicals, would mix the chemicals, and I end up getting lead something or another here for qualitative for qualitative analysis. So we had quantitative and qualitative analysis. You know, I took uh, I took three chemistry courses. Okay. So uh, any case, uh, you know, no, I mean. You know, took a number of them here, and probably what I should have done is I should have took engineering management. But anyway, uh, well, I told him I told him that about the, the lead batteries. I don't know where I got onto that here, but what what happens is you'd have these uh, prick, you know, prick twenty sixes or seventy sevens. Essentially, what happens is you have this radio with a little antenna. Now you can go ahead and put. You can have big antennas, and occasionally we would have them and. Our MOS would call for joining the damn things together. You know, you know, essentially joining the damn things together. We never used the things because uh, the only time we would use we would we would use little flip antennas, which would be on the you know five seven seven command post, which was essentially a M you know M one fourteen or whatever the hell it was here armored personnel, but it had a little. You have a little uh, thing, and you have about four generators on it here. And you have the main one, which essentially was, you know, essentially mainly run on generator. And what happens is that usually we would have a quote, directional antenna. So you would essentially only you would only go ahead and go for three direct, you know, three degrees in front of you and three degrees in back of you. So you would lay out a, with a compass. You would lay out an azimuth to battalion headquarters, which had two. You know, all the firing batteries had one command post, but the uh, headquarters company would have two. And you'd have a alpha, you know, firing battery with two, you know, two uh, missile crewmen's. Then you'd have the then you'd have the uh, stupid cooks who were just, you know, mainly just stupid niggers or very dumb whites here. You know what I mean? And uh, then. You know, the niggers were pretty stupid here. I, that was a pure-blood nigger. He was a real nice guy, but he only had about 67 like you. You know what I mean? You know, he was he was very dark. He was very dark. He was sort of a blue. He was a blue, he was, he was a blue gum nigger. Blue skin, blue, you know, blue gums here. You know what I mean? He was a real nice nigger named Holmes. He was from Louisiana. Yeah. He looked like one of them little, you know, them little pictures, little lawn jockeys here. That's exactly the way he looked. He was a small little nigger here. He looked like he... Would be like a little monkey here. You ride a horse real quick here, but in any case, he was real nice for a nigger here. You know, it's a sure. lot of that to worry about. So in any case, yeah. uh, no, I mean, you know, so what? What I what you know, essentially for that MLF, it, you know, it wasn't only using the stupid filler till he did it on that computer, which was made in 1957, and let me see, I was 23, 24, so. This computer was it was handy when it ran, 
But you have to have another. You have to have another. Yeah, that's why we have so many generators. We'd have, we'd have four freaking generators, which would be, you know, you have the main one, and you have what number? You have uh, spare number one, spare number two, and spare number three. And so you got to where you learned, you learned to go ahead and figure out how to set the stupid points here because that was what their ignition was. You know what I mean? And you learned, uh, essentially, you learned. Uh, Bit about simple. Yeah, this was back in the. You were in the. Uh, you were in the nuclear missile command in Germany. This was in the early, the mid eighties or early eighties. What year was this? Early eighties. Early eighties. And you were you were in Germany for three, and a half, three or four years. No, I just signed up for two years. I, I was able oh. to sign up for two years. Uh, it was an MOS that had the highest beat kicker, and essentially. It was just, I was, I was going to go ahead and go in. Essentially what it was for was for young white college boys who paid their way through junior college and was looking yeah. for the Army to go ahead and pay, you know, for transfer or something like that here for the last two years. Yeah. So I got 15300 which was the highest league kicker. And, but on the other hand, you know, we, we had a nigger in there, and that nigger couldn't, you know, barely read and write. Couldn't, you know, he was worthless. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was just, an, he was just a criminal nigger. Uh, especially, you know, he papered his wall walker with all the Article 15s he got. You know what I mean? Really? You know, from this, oh yeah, he was a, he was a disrespectful. He was a disrespect. You know, he ended, ended up getting kicked off. So that nigger was, uh, so that nigger was not a problem, boy. He had syphilis. He, he got syphilis for the third time, and he was spreading it to a few of the nigger women, you know, nigger, nigger women that we had here. And so, you know, okay, so he, so he shacked up with nigger women or white women? Uh oh, well, you know, mainly nigger women. You know, he was a worthless. He was a worthless even for a nigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Carmichael, so we got. He did something. I don't, no, I think what he got kicked out was for, you know, across the street was the 1st and 51st Infantry, which was at that time associated with the 1st Armored Division. And the 1st and 51st was the cocaine capital of Usurer. And my unit was the, the cocaine capital. Uh, the cocaine capital? Kilsam was the 1st and 51st was the cocaine capital of Usurer. The second battalion, forty second field artillery. It also was. It also had. Uh, it, it was the non reenlistment capsule. <laughs> nobody, nobody wanted to. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I got you. Know, you had six. You had six greatly understrengthened battalions in Germany, and you had two with the lifers here, which were overstrengthened the Lance missile system. Essentially, the Lance. Fire direction control was a, one of the smallest MOSs. You had less, you know, far less than about a thousand. You know, you only had a couple hundred people in that MOS. So as a result, I mean, the ones who did it here, I mean, I was, I mean, I, I, mean, I was pretty confident in doing it. But what you had to do is that you not only had to go ahead, you know, read and write and think and be able to talk on the radio. You had to be able to look. You had to go ahead and look at a dictionary. You know, essentially, you, you had something called a, a table of logarithms. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
you know, and essentially we we use the uh, I think we use the uh, common logarithms, but essentially yeah. uh, you had you had a worksheet and you had to go ahead and work out a firing position in twenty minutes or less in order to be specific. You know, you know, usually I'd go ahead and get her done about fifteen, sixteen minutes. So I wouldn't dick around. I just I just concentrate and just get her done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you know, then I'd go ahead and look at it, and then I had this other guy. I mean, essentially, it was, you know, really the only fire direction control people who really worked here, you know, who really, you know, there were four of us here, but we were under strength. I got sent. I got sent. So there was only four of you doing that. Well, in that section here, see, you gotta understand yeah. is that the table of you know, an artillery, an artillery battalion is a is essentially only about a third is numerous, you know, same way with a tank battalion. A tank and battery is called a troop. Uh, infantry is called a company. And with artillery, it's called a battery. You know what I mean? Yeah. And essentially, we were supposed to be TO&E at what? Oh, you know, 100, you know, about 120-some people. But, yeah. You know, actually, all we had was it was 40 and the most I ever seen was about thirty some or so. You know what I mean? And so we really didn't yeah. you know, we we had you know, we'd have I went ahead and talked to this one guy, he was in there at the same time. He worked with a radio teletype. And I say, shit, you know. So let me guess here, you did just like you just simply hung around, you know, essentially you hung around the fire direction control units. And the reason of it is you'd have a what a Dodge pickup, you know, because Chrysler went, you know, nearly went belly up in 1978. So you'd have one of these Chrysler pickups or Chevrolet pickups, you know, you know painted green. Now, essentially, that thing would be overloaded. That thing would be greatly overloaded. You go through a whole. Yeah, made, of I know. I know. Um, I know Chevy. And GMC made a one and a quarter ton pickup for the Army. I think Dodge did too. They made a one and a quarter ton. Oh, they made a three quarter ton or a ton, but it'd be overloaded. And the reason I thought they made a one that, and a quarter, uh, one and a quarter ton too. Well, we didn't see one of that. I mean, the thing was overloaded. It had maybe a half, you know, over, you know, heavy half or a three quarter ton, and the damn thing would have to. First of all, first of all, it was radio teletype, so it really belonged around the fire direction control, you know, essentially where they work out the fire positions because it's part of communications, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what happens, it would be pretty close to us. The second reason is it would be overloaded. It would be overloaded. So half the time you had to pull it out of the mud. You had to pull it over the mud. And what they would have is they would have a, you know, they would have a couple hooks here on their bumper. And what you would do is that you would go ahead and attach, you would go ahead and attach it to the pintle of the 577 command post, and that Detroit diesel would go ahead and pull, track vehicle would pull out, would go ahead and pull out the rat rig, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I was talking to somebody here, I said, hey, yeah, let me guess here, you were close to, you know, I mean, you know, the fire direction control, you know, people in the 577, that's where you were at, you know what I mean? Okay. Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, we would most of the time we would get the firing to we'd get the firing 
thing in about 30 seconds by simply using these Texas Instrument 59 calculators, which had a top secret chip, which was essentially for you know figuring out fire position for the last missile. And uh, you'd have three which fire, which fire HE cluster bombs, you know, 800 some cluster bombs. Yeah. And three yeah. that fire nukes here, and I was in one of the nuke units. You know what I mean? I was raiding. I was I was in number six. I was six because of the nutty colonel like running 10 miles in combat boots. Stupid shit like that here. So, anyway, I was in better shape. I really wasn't very good at running, but I, you know, I mean, I could walk real quick here. So, sure. Anyway, I would, you know, and I think I was the only one who didn't get into the, you know, get into using the hashish here or the other shit here. I mean, I, I just, Oh really? I was just, I was just. Everybody else was a pothead or drunk or drug addict. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think they all got. Every one of them got into smoking hash, except for me. I mean, what, so you I, just what drank you a couple of beers and went to the whorehouse. You just drank a couple of beers. Well, I didn't go to the whorehouse. I didn't go to the whorehouse more than a month or you know, you know oh. once or twice a month. I mean, this was not. Yeah. This was not okay. Let's just go to the whorehouse here, just cause I got a heart on right now. No, 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 no. It was well. The, the thing, the thing is, in Germany and other parts of Europe, they drink beer all the time with every meal, but they don't get drunk. In the United States, you got idiots that just get drunk. I mean, they can have a a beer or two, and that's normal. They don't get drunk over there. Well, I don't know about that, but they they drink far more responsibly. Yeah, well, that's what I'm realize. getting at. They drink more. They drink more responsible. And supposedly, the beer over there is they have uh, cleaner or more stricter purity laws for the beer. Well, yeah, and they don't the put all the, the, uh, the uh, uh, all the formaldehyde the and all the other nasty was, shit you well, got. The beer was wonderful. I mean, you know, shoot, you could buy such for five six dollars. You could buy a rack. What we call a rack, and it was in this orange. We were in these crate plastic crates. And they have twenty, they have twenty half-liter bottles. You know what I mean? And so here you are drinking about eighteen, you know, eighteen ounces of about what, you know, six percent, seven percent alcohol. And yeah, initially, you know, three of them mess you up, and then you know, six of them mess you up even after you became quite a drinker here. And yeah. usually, I didn't, you know, I didn't. I didn't drink a lot, and essentially, it's not. It's really, you know, Well, hey, I mean, you know, the uh, the uh, the beer, the, the local beer, uh, what they call it, how you know, they call it, Harafin uh, Pills, because uh, Crowsheim had for their little thing here, they had uh, they had a you know, loaf, they had a loaf of bread, which was shaped like a backwards, you know, shaped like a backwards three, you know, sort of like a B without a. You know, mill it. Especially the shape, you know, like the letter three here. And what happened sometime in twelve or thirteen hundred? They had a Dinkelsdeal, Rothenburg, and uh, another town ganged up on Krelsheim and tried to starve it out. And they had in the, uh, you know, they had in the, uh, you know, guest house uh, Kroner, which was one of the better ones here. They had a mural of that here. And what happens is that the uh, you know, the uh, mayor's widow was a big fat woman. And after a couple months here, she still had a fat ass. 
So what she did is she took the last of the uh, bread and baked it into these harafia, which were essentially loaves shaped like the, you know, shaped like the, you know, letter three. You know, so like, uh, you know, you know, like the double arches here of McDonald's. Yeah. Letter three. So that means she still had substantial ass. So she went here and showed her fat ass and threw bread at him here. And, you know, the one was at Rothenburg, Dinkelsbuehl, and this other town, which was further up on the Yox River. And this was the mayor's wife. This is the mayor's wife. So so she's a big fat woman. So she still had, you know, she still had, I guess, I mean, she still had plenty of skin on her ass here. So anyway, she she went ahead through bread at them and mooned them here. And they said, well, look at that big fat heifer. Look at that big fat bitch. And don't like we're starving them hardly any. You know what I mean? So they all gave up, and Crowsheim was saved. And Crowsheim used to have a series of walls, and they still have this town called Dinklesbuehl and another one called Rothenburg. And they're, you know, they're, you know, they're walled cities, which are tourist attractions. You know, but the the problem that they have is that Crowsheim, you know, was a was a walled city too, but they had a Luftwaffe base in the Eighth United States, you know, Air Force, you know, Air Force Air Corps went ahead and uh, you know leveled Crowsheim, leveled Crowsheim. You know, I mean, you know, there was only there was only one place which had even two walls left up standing here, and that was this church here. They just leveled Crowsheim. So it has all been rebuilt since the, what, the 50s and 60s and 70s. And I was in there during the early 80s, 81 to 83 here. So in case here, what is Dan John's show? Dan John's uh, got all mad and supposedly got kicked out. He may have got kicked out. They they went ahead and took down all his archives here from, uh, you know, from, you know, Euro faggot radio. So anyway, he's he's doing something here. Bishop Possum, Bishop Possum, he's a supporting melungeon, so he doesn't like the Ashkenazi melungeon Dan Jobs. And he's the one who told me all about Dan Jobs and serial polygamy and Genghis uh, nuts cut. And you know what happens is his son Jeremiah Jobs had Crohn's real bad. You know he was hurt. Yeah. Is uh, Dan Jobs? You know, his real name is. Warren Vanders, you know, Vandersall, you know what I mean? So he's sort of, yeah. he may be a Sephardic, no, he got to be an Ashkenazi because he got Crohn's. So the Sephardics don't get Crohn's that bad, you know what I mean? Not like the Ashkenazi does. So he's associated with an Ashkenazi Melungeon with a sort of name, you know, you know, a sort of Dutch name here from uh, Jew Jersey. So man, he was big buddies with Brian Rio, old Mayor Lips. Yeah, Dan Johns and, and and William Fink are just a bunch of Jew Jersey Jews, you know? Yeah, just Jew Jersey Jews. That's all they are. You know what I mean? But hey, there's yeah. people just love that Jew boy, you know, and yeah, I'm not one of them, that's for sure. Hey, hey, who was that Jew at the truck stop in Jersey City? Rudy? Rudy, he owned the truck well, stop. A Jew, it was a Jew named Rudy. Don't tell me he looked like a Jew, definitely. Looked like a Jew. And he'd be behind uh, one-inch plate glass here collecting money every so often here. You know what I mean? You know, you know I never had any problem with him. You know what I mean? He would, I don't know if they sold that much fuel here. 
You know, I don't know what the hell they, you know, I don't know what the hell. Maybe they, maybe they laundered money from them for the mob here. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> Old uh, Judy had, a, they had a, the reason, the reason I go to Jersey State Truck Stop is them assholes at Lindhurst, New Jersey, they would load you up with a maximum, a maximum amount of yeah. garbage, garbage, so you couldn't, so you couldn't uh, have over half a, you know, essentially you couldn't have your, you know, you'd have, you'd have a, no, you'd have a hundred gallon tank on each side here, so you couldn't have over a hundred gallons here, which meant eight hundred pounds, because every gallon of diesel fuel weighs eight pounds. You learn that thing here. So what happens is that hey, you had the thing loaded up to the gills, and them assholes wouldn't let you wouldn't let you axle thing out. So that is not too good a thing unless. Well, what happens is that you go across New Jersey, and I never had to go to a scale in New Jersey and never remember going across one. I'd go ahead, usually go across 80. If I had the weekend to do it, I would just simply, oh, go to Snowshoe, eat burgers and French fries at Snowshoe, and they have a big old parking lot here with essentially looks like coal dust there. And then, you know, if you went across to 76, that was new, that was Pennsylvania Turnpike, but you had to pay money for it. Maybe you have a time stamp everywhere. You know what I mean? I didn't really like taking that one. So usually I'd take it across there, State 80. And uh, then at Brooksville, Pennsylvania, you, you, you go to Union 76, and then you'd have a, a mall about, you know, 100 yards away here, and I'd just go ahead and read books in the mall or do whatever, you know, look there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then you have Truck World at Sharon, Pennsylvania, which or Sharon, Ohio, which is right across uh, the border in Ohio. You know, so it was a weekend. You had 700-some miles, so you just simply just take it leisurely, take it slow, you know what I mean, and then get there, you know, get there at uh, – Get there 28 miles, 28 miles. But they, they you know, the special the people there didn't like because they knew that you were carrying New Jersey, New York City garbage and dumping it into their, you know, water table, 28 miles uh, northeast of Louisville here. So essentially, they didn't like that shit you know, at all. And I don't blame them. You know what I mean? Yeah. We would not stop. Would not stop at a. Uh, we would not stop at a truck stop in Kentucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, what happens? I'd have to axle out. I'd have to axle out, and make sure that you know, so if I wasn't over on any of the axles, you know, you'd have thirty-four, thirty-four, and twelve. You know what I mean? Maximum twelve on the steer tire, thirty-four thousand on the front, and thirty-four thousand on the back. You know, and that would even out to eighty thousand pounds. You know what I mean? Thirty-four, thirty-four is sixty-eight, and then twelve thousand on the steer would be eighty thousand pounds. So hey, I'd make sure that I was. Well, you know, I have to go ahead and axle out. So where are you going to axle out? In New Jersey. Answer, the Jersey City Truck Plaza. And what happens is that when I first started driving, I think that was the same year. That was the same, probably the same month and year. The old Bell Fink took it into his head to go ahead and murder a Puerto Rican sneak thief named Arnaldo Ortega. You know what I mean? Yep. So anyway, Dan Johns, Dan Johns was having hots for this Gale whatever, 
it was a priestess of Isis, and Steve Anderson had a shit fit about it. And so Dan Jones ran off, and <laughs> well, I have no idea why Damon did that here. But anyway, by Yahweh's design, no result. Archive for Yahweh's design here. We cannot find the archive you're looking for. Screw you. Dan Johns is a non is an unperson. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So you gotta laugh. I mean, Dan Johns actually bought Eliar in in two thousand three, not nineteen seventy nine, like Eliar, like Eliar claimed. You know what I mean? Hold on now. I thought Eliar was in identity before Dan Johns. Who was in it first? Dan Johns. Dan Johns, Wicked Dick bought him in, in 1999. 99, okay. And then, you know, you know, pretty well, Eli James would lie and say he'd been Chris Van since 1979. No, you're just a fat Jew who changed your name from whatever the hell it was, be it cuts or putts or whatever. And he was Chris a member of the clan or something a long time ago. No, well, he was. Eli James. You know, what happens? You know, this Ray, what's his name here? You know, of Indiana had a clan. And Ray, whatever, five figure out, you know, this character looks like a Jew is a Jew. You know what I mean? So he kicked out yeah. a liar. You know what I mean? So they used to be pretty well buddies, but now they got all sorts of shit. They got some skank who goes ahead and talks talks old, you know, woman power shit here. I don't know why the hell you liar. You know, what's a, what's a little what's a little bit between Ashkenazi and ones and what we go ahead and get some old get some old uh you know, Magyar pussy here from this other skank here who's into worship the guy says, I mean, what what the hell difference does it make here? Just having another skank or Dan John and you knew you knew Dan Johns wanted to get into serial polygamy, so hey. You know what I mean? You can't find any white women to screw. You know what I mean? So, hey, you know, of course you're going to screw yeah. the answers. So it's another Manzer more or less theory liar, but, you know, I guess this Steve Anderson had a, you know, he was, he was ranting and raving and screaming and pissing and moaning about worshiping devils, and he's absolutely right. You know what I mean? He's absolutely right. Yeah. Well, old Dan Jones was All these people are Jews and Manzers and Zogbots, Martin. Yeah, all, all of them. I mean, look, if you look at everybody that wicked the dick ordained, they're all Jews, uh, Mamsers, and Rogbots. Every one of them. Every one of them. Yeah, he was, he was a, you know, a great disappointment. So, <laughs> you know, here they are. Here they are. They're just simply, they're just simply ridiculing. They're just simply ridiculing uh, Dan Jones. And so they had a great disappointment. A great disappointment. They still have. They still have uh, old uh, Paul Mullet here uh, from before he went ahead and got a hot load of cocaine here from the FBI. So <laughs> they just have all sorts of stupid crap here. You know what I mean? A stranger in my own land. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> Jason Kessler, John Friend. Well, hey. Okay, well, they still have, uh, what's his name there? So, all right, Sport Art Jones. Recent events with Pastor Eli and Dan here. Okay, let me see more. Yeah. <laughs> this was, I guess this shit was going on here. 
Pastor Drew, this episode is shorter than usual, so maybe they had a little bit of pissing and moaning before that here. I don't know here. Featured Pastor Don Charles, Pastor Eli James, so maybe they had a little shit fit here. You know what I mean? Okay, here. Let me see. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking here, so who knows? It just went downhill. It just went downhill real quick here. Now you said Harold, so you said Harold Covington can't keep it together. I mean, he's having problems with his organ. I mean, and he's going back to is, is Harold Covington embracing uh, the old time Christianity now? I mean, he used to be kind of atheist. No, 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 no. He was a, he's he's actually believes in reincarnation. He's not really doing that shit at all. But the problem yeah. is, just like this movement. This bomb movement just got so messed up to where, hey, it's just pretty well dead. It's just pretty well dead. And they, they blame, some of them blame Dickie Spencer here, and I don't know why, because. Uh, no, I think, they had problems, I think they had problems before Dickie Spencer. They can't blame it on, yeah. all on him. Well, they want to. Go ahead and blame it all on him. It was yeah. just simply, it was just simply a. Uh, just simply a, it's simply a mess up here. So I mean, so now, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, Zog is falling apart. What do you do uh, now that Zog is falling apart? What What do you do? And the answer is that. Well, I mean, I mean that's a good thing because as long as. Zog is in power. Uh, Yahweh's elect are not going to be doing too good, and Yahweh's going to allow Zog to fall apart. It is going to collapse, and we're and we're just you know basically to stay away from the Jews and Mazers and Wiggers because the Wiggers are going to die, Martin. I mean, Wiggers are most of most of Wiggers are going to be dead. Well, yeah, they're you know, they're they're. Let me see. Brad, the right news blog spot. Let's go ahead and see what the hell's going on. P R A D. Do you did you want to cover anything with the Book of Enoch? Uh, yeah, we got. Look, we got the next section is about the next section is about four or five chapters long. It's called the uh, the Dream Vision. I mean, I could do it tonight. I don't. What time is your movement tard tonight? Hell, it's already nine o'clock. Oh, I can. I, I can look. 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 Uh, what time are you doing the movement tard? I don't know because I'm not quite sure what I'm going to go ahead and talk about. There, you know, I mean, you know, folks. I mean, I used to do just one hour, just do a couple hours on Sunday afternoon. Used to yeah. Do a couple hours on Sunday afternoon. And then October came, and all this crap's coming down where old Paul Mullet and Wicked Dick are fighting, and essentially all this sort of shit's going on in October 2010. So then I decided I'm going to go ahead and do, you know, do a, do a show on what, you know, two days a week, you know, South Sunday and maybe Wednesday or whenever. So, 
end up having you end up having something going on. But I've never seen I've never seen the bowel movement as dead as dead it is as it is now. You know what I mean? It's just it's oh, just yeah. pretty well. It's just pretty well just done away with. By the way, this uh, you know this one called America dot com is dead now. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Twenty three May here. Maybe they're trying to fix the thing up here. I don't know what the hell. You know, America dot org just you know got moved out a couple of weeks ago here. Maybe it got deplatformed. Oh really? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if Keister Rapist has anything to say here. You know, there, there just ain't, there just ain't nothing. There just ain't nothing. Uh, there's just nothing going on, really. It's just, it's just pretty well just dead here. Let me see. Council of, you know, uh, revenge, you know. There's nothing. There's just simply nothing much going on at all. There's just it's just pretty well just all dead. You know what I mean? Sure. So, which is maybe a good you know, maybe a good thing here. Why don't you go ahead and let's just let's go ahead. Well, how long do you want to go on tonight? Because I can. Uh... Let's go on for. I don't know how long. How long do you want to talk here? Let me see the first. Well, I'm thinking I might. It might take an hour to finish this. I don't know. The dream vision. Yeah, it might take an hour. I mean, there's well, let's go ahead. Some of the chat. Yeah. Okay, it's seventy-three, chapter seventy-three. The dream vision. It starts. Starts it. I'll tell you what. We'll go as long as we can. If we finish it, fine. It's. Uh, I'll go ahead and start it now. Okay. Okay, folks. Here we go. This is called the Dream Vision, and it deals with the first Dream Vision on the Deluge. This will be the Flood. Uh, chapter 73 of the Book of Enoch. And now, verse 1, And now, my son Methuselah, I will show thee all my visions which I have seen. Okay, this is Enoch talking to Methuselah, recounting them before thee. Two visions I saw before I took a wife. And the one was quite unlike the other. The first when I was learning to write, the second before I took your mother. This would be his wife, Methuselah's mother. When I saw a terrible vision and regarding them, I prayed to Yahweh. Verse 3. I had laid me down in the house of my grandfather, Mahalil, when I saw in a vision how the heaven collapsed and was borne off and fell to the earth. And when it fell to the earth, I saw how the earth was swallowed up in a great abyss, and mountains were suspended on mountains, and hills sank down on hills, and high trees were rent from their stems and hurled down and sunk in the abyss. And thereupon a word fell into my mouth, and I lifted up my voice to cry aloud and said, The earth is destroyed. Right, this, is <clears throat> this is talking about the final judgment and the destruction of the old heaven old earth. Verse 6. And my grandfather Mahalil walked me as I lay near him and said unto me, Why dost thou cry so, my son, and why dost thou make such lamentation? Verse 7, And I, Enoch, recounted to him the whole vision which I had seen, and he said unto me, A terrible thing hast thou seen, my son, and of grave moment is thy dream vision as to the secrets of all the sin of the earth. 
So the, the destruction is coming because of the sin of the earth. The earth. So the old heaven and old earth are going to be destroyed. So the earth must sink into the abyss and be destroyed with a great destruction. And now, my son, arise and make petition to the Lord Yahweh of glory, since thou art a believer that a remnant may remain on the earth. So the grandfather's telling Enoch, look, you petition to Yahweh to save a remnant, because he's obviously going to destroy the majority of Wiggers and the rest of everybody else. Okay, so that a remnant on earth may remain on the earth and that he may not destroy the whole earth. Verse 9, my son, from heaven all this will, will come upon the earth, and upon the earth there will be great destruction. Verse 10, after that I arose and prayed and implored and besought and wrote down my prayer for the generation of the world and I will show everything to thee, my son Methuselah. Verse 11. And when I had gone forth below and seen the heaven and the sun rising in the east and the moon setting in the west and a few stars and the whole earth and everything as he had known from the beginning, then I blessed the Lord Yahweh of judgment and extolled him because he had made the sun go forth from the windows of the east. And he ascended and rose up on the face of the heaven and set out and kept traversing the path shown unto him. Okay, Martin, that was chapter 73. Do you have a comment? Yeah, Enoch is, you know, Enoch is talking about his son. His son was Methuselah. And you go and look and you see that, let me see, you had, uh, you had Seth. Then you had Enos, and then you had Kainan, and then you had Mahalalel. So you had, let me see, 130 plus, you know, 90 plus, plus Enos. Then you had Kainan, uh, you know, 90 years. So then you had... uh, you know, I mean, you know, pretty well you had within three, four hundred years, you end up having these ones. And Sosa Maolio was his grandpa, was Enoch's grandpa. So he begat Jared, and then he begat Enoch. So Sosa Maolio was his, uh, was his uh, parent. And in the case of Enoch, he said that he was learning to write. Well, you'd read, we'd heard earlier, but essentially, it was a demon which taught, you know, just like some demons taught metallurgy, like working in bronze and silver, to Tubalcane, you know, who was a brother of Naama, the evil Naama. But you had you had writing, you had writing as well, you know. And before that, uh, pretty well, what was understood is that the Adamic people used their memory. So around three thousand or so. At the same time, you have the early Bronze Age, around 3000 B.C., you had the beginning of writing. And from what I gather, he says is that he had two wives. He's seen two visions. You know, the young was quite like the other. The first one, he was learning to write. The second, you know, the second, when, you know, it took your mother, you know, I, he's seen this terrible vision here. And uh, so essentially, I guess he had two women, uh, two wives. And so he sees this vision. Now, you remember way back in 2012, 2013, 
where there was two pillars, one made out of brick and one made out of stone, and one was to yeah. commemorate when the world would be destroyed by water, their world would be destroyed by water, then the later world would be destroyed by fire. So you still had these visions. Adam had a vision. Yeah. But you had the, you had the bad ones about the end of the world as they knew it previously, you know, previously. So anyway, he's he's telling he's telling in chapter seventy three, you know, these visions, these different visions. And so he goes ahead and he talks to his grandpa and he says, Well, you know, this is gonna go ahead and come on the earth, it's gonna be great destruction, but you know, folks this has been predicted since my great great grandfather was Adam. I mean, this has been predicted before. So all you're getting is just a second witness, you're just getting confirmation. But this will occur. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not going to occur tomorrow. You know, it may not occur within their lifetime, but it is going to occur. Well, his son was Methuselah. And since Methuselah had a longer lifespan, you know, because yeah. the reason his lifespan was extended, I mean, you go ahead and read a different book of the, you know, different, you know, book. To where essentially Adam said, "Okay, you know, he was told, okay, you can have a thousand years between you and your descendants here." And essentially Adam said, "Okay, well, my son should have seventy years here." So he took nine hundred thirty, and then he died. So you, you have you have had these visions before, and Enoch had these two visions. He tells his grandfather, who has heard these visions before, from. Well, he was born while Adam was alive. So, hey, yeah. he's heard these visions before. He says, well, if Adam had visions, why shouldn't you have visions? Well, essentially, your vision in many cases about the world's destruction, well, Adam's already predicted that by water. You know what I mean? So you're going to have oh, yeah. you're, you're going to go ahead and see it as well. So anyway, that's, you know, that's what, uh, that's what, you know, that's pretty well what you know, says. You want to go on to, uh, Seventy-four. Yeah, we're doing seventy-four right now. Okay. This deals with. Uh, I don't really have any kind of intro to it. Uh, we'll just start with verse one. And I, Enoch, lifted up my hands in righteousness and blessed the holy Yahweh and great one, and spoke with the breath of my mouth and with the tongue of flesh, which Yahweh has made for the children of flesh of man, that they should speak therewith. And he gave them breath and a tongue and a mouth that they should speak therewith. We should praise Yahweh and always speak the truth. Because the whole duty of man, of Adam, of Adam kind, of Israelite, the white man with a, a, a spirit, the Holy Spirit, the soul, is to fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. Verse 2, Blessed be thou, O Lord Yahweh, great and mighty in thy greatness, Lord of the whole creation of the heaven, King of kings and God of the whole earth, and thy power and kingship and greatness abide forever and ever. He knows how he calls Yahweh the Father, King of kings, and also Yahshua the Son is called King of kings. They're the same person. Okay, uh, uh, you know, they are, the Son, the Messiah, is a small part of Yahweh the Father. I mean, you cannot contain Yahweh in a whole universe. He is, he's huge. Okay, let me continue here. 
So he's king of kings and God of this world, and the power and kingship and greatness abide forever and ever, and throughout all generations thy dominion, and all the heavens are the throne are his throne forever. And the whole earth is the, his footstool forever and ever. Verse 3, for thou hast made and thou rulest all things, and nothing is too hard for thee. So Yahweh makes everything pure. Now Satan perverts the creations of Yahweh. He doesn't make anything. He just destroys. Wisdom departs not from thy place of thy throne, nor turns away from thy presence, and thou knowest and seest and hearest everything. And there is nothing hidden from thee, for thou seest everything. And now the angels of the heaven are guilty of trespass, and upon the flesh of men abideth thy wrath until the great day of judgment. So this is very similar. He's saying that even the angels are guilty of trespass in Yahweh's creation, and even Adam kind and the, 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 the flesh is guilty of sin. He's saying that nothing is righteous in Yahweh's sight. All have fallen uh, short of the glory of Yahweh. But we are to strive to live in his perfection. And even if you do live a perfect life, you're still a creation. You're not the creator. We need to be more humble. Um, verse 5. And now, o Yahweh and Lord and great King, I implore and beseech thee to fulfill my prayer, to leave me my post me a posterity on earth. He's saying, look, Yahweh, uh, you know, I'm your faithful servant, Enoch. Leave me some, some offspring. Leave Methuselah and leave a few Israelite elect, you know, to survive this judgment. And don't not destroy all the flesh of man. And make the earth without inhabitant, so that there should be an eternal destruction. Verse 6, And now, my Lord Yahweh, destroy from the earth the flesh which has aroused thy wrath. So he's saying, look, Yahweh, I want you to destroy the evildoers, but spare a remnant. That's what he's praying. Remember, remember Moses said, if you find, you know, five righteous or, you know, would you spare this city or whatever? Same principle. Okay, but the flesh of righteousness and upright established as a plant of the eternal seed, and hide not thy face from the prayer of thy servant, O Lord Yahweh. Martin, do you have a comment? Okay, well, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, you and I have a bit of disagreement about, you know, I, I think you, uh, you agree in the Trinitarian concept, and I believe in the Aryan... Well, Aryan, I understand uh, that, but uh, but Enoch just called Yahweh the Father King of Kings, and Yahshua yeah. is also called King of Kings. Yeah. You can't deny that the Father was married to all of Israel in the Old Testament, and Yahshua is going to remarry a small portion, a remnant of Israel. I mean, you you can't well, deny... I, well, I, I, I think I think pretty well you know, we were taught that there is, well, essentially there's Yahweh the Well, Father. it doesn't matter what you're taught. You have a brain, Martin. I mean, you can read okay, the scriptures. Well, I, Forget it. I, I just, I just... Uh, you don't see the same thing I see. That's fine. We still agree that God the Father and God the Son are both God. We still we still agree that they're both... Yeah, you know, that they are. You know, that they are both God here, so... In case okay. he goes ahead and he... It's not a big argument. We, we, I mean, we pretty much okay. agree on the same thing. All right. And so he, he goes ahead and he... Uh, you know, he goes ahead and plays. 
that, you know, first he goes ahead and, you know, just like our Father who art in heaven here, he goes ahead and praises Yahweh. He goes ahead and follows much form here that, you know, it's called the Lord's Prayer. Essentially, the Lord's Prayer is a framework of how you should pray, which is what Christ told his disciples. So he goes ahead and he... He goes ahead and he prays this, and then he goes ahead and gets around to asking Yahweh that he doesn't that he doesn't go ahead and leave me. You know, he's asking me to leave a posterity. Enix begging, hey, you know, folks, you know, we we've been part of this bloodline. We've been there's been some flaking off from this bloodline, but our bloodline has been a holy bloodline. And so, can, please continue this, you know, bloodline with my posterity. Don't destroy all the flesh of man, you know, and make the world without inhabitants. So essentially, Methuselah is going according to the form, and he's asking, he's praising Yahweh, and he's asking Yahweh for what he wants. What he wants is that there should be some righteous flesh left upon the earth, because not all the flesh is unrighteous. So he goes ahead and goes on, and... uh don't hide your face from the prayer of your servant, O you know, Yahweh. So he goes ahead, you know, he says, you know, by all means, my Lord, destroy from the earth the flesh which has aroused your wrath. Well, it's arouses, you know, wrath is Satan's kids, these giant kids, these, you know, you know, but not the righteous. So, you know, an upright is, you know, established as a plan of the eternal seed. So he goes ahead and he, you know, points out to Yahweh. You know, you do have a plan. Please continue it. So go on to what? Uh, chapter 75. 75. Okay. We're on 75. Here we go, folks. Um, this deals with the second dream. Remember, Enoch said he had two dreams. This is the second dream that Enoch has and deals with the history of the world at, to the founding of the Messianic Kingdom. Verse 1, and after this I saw another dream, and I will show the whole dream to thee, my son. Verse 2, and Enoch lifted up his voice and spoke to his son Methuselah. To thee, my son, will I speak. Hear my words, incline thine ear to the dream vision of thy father. Before I took thy mother, Edna, that was Enoch's wife, Edna. I, didn't, I don't know if I knew that or not. I saw in a vision on my bed, and behold, a bull came forth from the earth, and that bull was white. And after it came forth a heifer. I'm assuming the heifer might have been white too. I don't know. And along with this latter came forth two bulls. Now the heifer, they had a white bull, they had a heifer. We don't know if she was white, but she had two bull, two younger uh, bulls who were her offspring, and of the two bulls, one of them black and one of them red. We know, you know, they talk about the red calf in the Bible a lot. Uh, and I know the, the Angus the Angus species are black Angus and red Angus. And uh, so that's, you know, let, let me the continue here. It's more likely it was a red heifer without a blemish. Um, you know, well, they say, yeah, they say the red Angus, the red Angus does better in hot, hot weather states because the black Angus obviously is going to, they're going to get hot as hell because of their, 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 their well, color of them. The Angus were originally, the Angus Scott. were originally red. They were originally red, and then, 
you know, they were read to be black. You know, they you know, they was essentially was a change here. Essentially, you know, it, the red the red came before the black ones. Sure. Go on. Okay, here okay, here we go, folks. Uh and that black bull gored the red one. So the black bull in this vision killed the red bull and pursued him over well no, he gored him. And then he chased him over the earth, and thereupon I could no longer see what uh, the red bull, but the black bull grew and that heifer went with him. And I saw that many oxen proceeded from him which resembled and followed him. And that cow, that first one, went from the presence of that first bull in order to seek that red one, but found him not, and lamented with a great lamentation over him and sought him. And I looked look till that first bull came to her and, and quieted her, and from that time onward she cried no more. And after that she bore another white bull, and after him she bore many bulls and black cows. And I saw, verse 9, and I saw in my sleep that white bull likewise grew and became a great white bull. And from him proceeded many great white, many white bulls, and they all resembled him. And they began to beget many white bulls, which resembled them one following the other, even many. Martin, do you have any comment? Well, it sounds like an interesting vision. Maybe he'll tell us what it meant here. Exactly. Maybe, maybe the next chapter. Maybe the next chapter we'll figure out what the symbology of the red and black and the white, uh, you know, cattle and bulls were. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. So, ver uh, chapter seventy-six, verse one. This is the fall of the angels and the uh, the demoralization of mankind. Verse 1, and again I saw with mine eyes as I slept, and I saw the heaven above, and behold, a star fell from the heaven, and it arose and eat and pastured among those oxen. And after that I saw the Lord. Now that would be like Satan falling down from the earth and mixing with the earth women, uh, Satan and the fallen angels. And after, that I saw, and after that I saw the large and the black oxen, and behold, they all changed their stalls and pastures and their cattle and began to live with each other. This is almost talking about race mixing, not just among the different human races, but amongst the fallen angels and, and humankind. So they didn't, they, they didn't stay in the same pasture. They all interbred and intermixed is what it's saying. Verse 3, And again I saw in the vision and looked towards the heaven, and behold, I saw many stars descend and cast them down from heaven to that first star. And they, then they became bulls amongst those cattle and pasture with them amongst them, and I looked at them and saw, behold, they all let out their privy members like horses. Uh, well, that means that they were letting their their male genitals out. I guess they were getting ready to rape all the, all the women. Uh, and they began to cover the cows of the oxen, and they all began to pregnate, impregnate, and bear elephants and camels and asses. Well, that would be indicative of the giants that the fallen angels had with the human women. And all the oxen fear. So this is a this is a G-rated rated vision. It's not actually talking about what they did. It's talking. About, it's dealing with with symbology of of animals. It's calling the the angels came down in the form of. You know, the Bible says that if you uh, a ca a cow a bull, uh, if you eat, it's similar to a man. It does make that symbology. Verse five. And all the oxen feared them. 
and were frightened at them and began to bite with their teeth and devour and to gore with their horns. And they began, moreover, to devour those oxen. Well, that would be like the fall, the, the, the giants uh, eating all the humans. Remember, they ate all the, the plants and, and the, the, cat, the livestock for food, and then they started eating the human beings. And behold, all the children of the earth began to tremble and quake before them and to flee from them. Hey, Martin, you got any comments? Let me look here. Okay. A star fell from heaven and arose and ate and passed through among those oxen. And after that, well, folks, the star that got, you know, and left was more likely loose for Satan. A large and black oxen, behold, they all changed their stalls and passed through the cow and began to live with each other. So now you end up having, you know, you end up having a change in oxen behavior. And then again, I saw a vision, looked to the heavens, saw many stars of Satan, cast themselves down from heaven. So here it is, these watchers of Satan, which had been kicked out. So they became bulls amongst those cattle, you know, pastured with them and amongst them. And, you know, I looked over and saw, and behold, they let all their privy members. You know, usually a horse keeps his dick inside the shoe But... Yeah. What happens occasionally a horse will let his privy member out here. So you go ahead and you see this big old horse cock here, but usually But a bull but a bull a bull never releases his privy member until it's time to breed. sometimes a horse yeah. or a dog they'll be running around and a slip out and they're not breeding an animal, but but a bull, you don't ever see well, a bull. They're they're doing they're doing something else to be doing. But anyway, the bull usually will not go ahead, and uh, you know he'll, you know his his penis here is all red, and he will it will come out of the sheath here when he's ready to mount. By the way, uh, by the way, the Freemasons are perverts, and they're into pedophilia and kinky shit and the high level Shriners and everything. Uh, I was researching the Freemasons one time on the internet. And even in a catalog that sells vintage, it wasn't even a Freemason catalog. It sells vintage stuff that that they were selling. But no, it it, it, it had a Freemason uh, uh, symbol on the on it. They were selling it made from a bull's penis. Okay. Now, what pervert would free? I mean, you know, a high a Jew or some kind of uh, Shriner or Illuminati. I mean, that's just some sick shit. Okay, but anyway, what what they would, you know, this is an analogy here, where you're talking about Satan, Satan being kicked out, and then his, then his demons being kicked out. And so here they are living among the cattle, and they're breeding with the cattle. And essentially, violence is still in the earth here, and the cattle are being corrupted, so they're starting to go ahead and grow teeth to, to go ahead and bite, you know, bite and eat and devour other camels. So, so this is very much like this chapter six, very you know, early part to where violence filled the earth because of this unnatural stuff here these demon watchers had indulged in. So, in case this is this is his vision here in chapter what eighty. Yes. Now we're officially starting chapter uh, chapter seventy seven. You ready? I think it's 87 because there's three X's here, so I'd be 86. Well, 50, 60, 70, you're right, it's 87. I'm sorry, it's 87. 
And I saw one of those four. This deals with the punishment of the fallen angels by the archangels. Verse 1. And I saw one of those four who had come forth first, and he sees that first star which had fallen from the heavens. That would be Satan, Azazel, the first, the, the, the head fallen angel. So, and this would probably more than likely be Michael. He seized Azazel, the first star, Satan, which had fallen from the heaven, and bound it hand and foot and cast it into the abyss. Now, that abyss was narrow and deep and a horrible and dark place. Verse 2, and one of them drew a sword and gave it to those elephants and camels and asses. I think when it says he gave it to them, I think it means he killed them. Then they began to smite each other, and the whole earth quaked. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe the good angels, they encouraged these evil men to kill each other, these giants to kill each other off. That's what happened. And they began to smite each other, and the whole earth quaked because of them. Verse 3, And as I was behold in the vision, lo, one of those four who had come forth stoned them from heaven. So now they're stoning, or maybe they're sending large hail balls down to earth to kill. You know, hail, uh, Yahweh can send hail. Even recently in China, they had like basketball-sized hail, you know, or bigger falling on cars and people. Um they came forth and stoned them from heaven and gathered and took all the great stars whose privy members were like those of horses. So this is saying that the fallen angels, okay, they came down in earth and took on flesh bodies to mate with women, and they had privy members like those of horses. And they were bound hand and foot and cast them into the abyss of the earth. All right, Martin, you got a comment? Yeah, let me let me go ahead and see this here. Okay. Uh, so you you had you know caught you know he sees saw the one one of the four so it's like the angels he goes and he grabs one of the you know grabs you know one of these major demons bound him head and foot cast him into a abyss now that abyss was narrow and deep and horrible and dark and one of them drew a sword and gave those elephants. So they began to smite each other. So essentially here you're talking to these miscegenated animals to where the earth is filled with violence or earthquake because of that. So behold, lo, one of those four who had come forth, stoned them from heaven, gathered, they're called the great stars, whose privy members were like horses. I mean, sort of like these demons who had lustful behavior and bound them all hand and foot and cast them into a burst of the earth. So essentially here are these here are these licentious demons, and they are being they are being bound, they're being tied up by these angels. And in the meantime, essentially, these miscegenated creatures are fighting each other here, you know, on the earth. So, go on to the next chapter, then. All right. Now, I will say this: we got two more chapters to go, eighty-nine and ninety, and they're both rather lengthy. And then after that. We're going to do 89 and then 90, and then we'll say a prayer and we're done. And then we can, you know, conclude the, the rest of the of the show here. All right, so now we're on 89. Let's go with it, folks. This is dealing with the deluge and the, the deliverance of Noah, specifically the flood. Verse 1, and one of those four went to that great, that white bull, and instructed him in a secret without his being terrified. He was born a bull and became a man. 
and built for himself a great vessel and dwelt thereon. And three bulls dwelt with him in that vessel, and they were covered in. So the bull and the other three bulls are Noah and his three sons. That's what it's saying. The white bull is symbolic of Noah. Uh, verse 2, and again, I raised mine eyes toward heaven and saw a lofty roof with seven water torrents thereon, and those torrents flowed with much water uh, into an enclosure. And again, I saw again, and behold, fountains were open on the surface of the great enclosure, and that water began to swell and rise up upon the surface. So not only did Yahweh send rain from heaven, but he flooded the earth from the springs and the natural source of water and the ground. He flooded, I mean, water was coming from all directions. And rise upon the surface, and I saw that enclosure till all its surface was covered with water. We know the flood wasn't worldwide, but the, the area where the Israelites were living in the upper Tehran basin of China was a little valley, a bowl, and that's where it flooded. The surface was covered with water, verse 4, and the water of the darkness and mist increased upon it. As I looked at the height of the water, that water had risen above the height of that enclosure and was streaming over that enclosure, and it stood upon the earth. Verse 5. Now, you got to remember, it got dark. Not, it didn't just flood the earth. It was darkness. So Noah had to have candles or something for light inside the ark. I mean, he had to see what the heck he was doing. Um, where was I? Verse 5. And all the cattle of that enclosure, that ark, were gathered together until I saw how they sank and were swallowed up and perished in that water. Oh, the cattle that were still on the earth were drowned. Or no, the, no, the cattle is human beings. All the humans that weren't on the ark drowned. Verse 6, but that vessel floated in the water while all the oxen and elephants and camels and asses sank to the bottom with the, all the animals. Now, when it talks about the bulls and the oxen, it's talking about white men or Adam Khan or men, but it's talking about elephant, camel, or asses. It's talking about other human beings of other races, either the fallen angels or the Canaanites. Okay, so let's continue here. So that I could no longer see them, they all drowned and they were not able to escape, but perished and sank into the depths. Verse 7, and again I saw in the vision till those waters torrents were removed, from that high roof and the chasm of the earth were leveled up and other abysses were opened. Then the water began to run down into these till the earth became visible. But that vessel settled on the earth and the darkness retired and a light appeared. Verse 9, but that white bull which had become a man came out of that vessel. This is Noah. And the three bulls with him. This is Noah's three sons. And one of those three was white like that bull, and one of them was red as blood, and one was black. Well, I don't believe that Noah had three sons, black, yellow, and white. This is the red and the black bull. I would say Ham, you know, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Shem is the white son or white bull. Ham is the black bull, and, you know, he married some Negroes, but he himself wasn't Negro. And the other was red as blood. I guess that would be Japheth. But let's continue here. Uh, this front comes from the death of Noah on, on the Exodus. Verse 10. And they began to bring forth beasts of the field and birds so that there arose different genera, lions and tigers and wolves 
Now it's talking about animals not symbolic of humans. Wolves, dogs, hyenas, wild boars, foxes, squirrels, swine, falcons, vultures, kites, eagles, ravens. And among them was born a white bull, and they began to bite one another. But that white bull, which was born among them, began begat a wild ass and a white bull with it, and the wild asses multiplied. But that bull, verse 12, which was born from him, began begat a black wild boar and a white sheep. And the former, former begat many boars, but that sheep begat 12 sheep. Okay. This is probably symbolic of Shem as being the sheep. Ham and Japheth are not called sheep. So Yahweh specifically chose Shem for his line of salvation and his remnant because the Shemites would eventually, uh, Jacob would have 12 sons, and that sheep begat 12 sheep. So that would be Shem came on down to Jacob, And then he had the 12 tribes of Israel. There you go, chapter 13. And when that, or verse 13, and when those 12 sheep had grown, they gave up one of them to the asses. And those asses again gave up that sheep to the wolves. And that sheep grew up among the wolves. Well, we know the tribe of Dan was absorbed, and then we know Joseph got a double portion. Verse 14. So he's probably talking about the sheep that was given up, well, I guess, was the tribe of Dan, and he was absorbed. Verse 14, And the Lord brought the eleven sheep to live with it and to pasture with it among the wolves. Okay, so it's still talking about eleven tribes instead of the, the Joseph being one tribe instead of two at this point. And the wolves began to fear the sheep, and they oppressed them until they destroyed their little ones. This would be like in Egypt when the mongrel Egyptians were persecuted. They were afraid of Yahweh and of his children, the Israelites. So they began to kill their little ones. And they cast their young into a river of much water. But those sheep began to cry aloud on account of their little, little ones. This is them crying out to Yahweh and to complain unto Yahweh. Verse 16, and the sheep which had been saved from the wolves. This is Moses. They're talking about Moses. A sheep that had been saved from the wolves fled and escaped to the wild asses. And I saw the sheep, how they lamented and cried and besought their Lord Yahweh with all their might. Till that Lord of sheep descended at the voice of of the sheep from a lofty abode and came to them and pastured them. And he called them sheep which had escaped the wolves and spake with it concerning the wolves that it should admonish them not to touch the sheep. So this would be Yahweh telling Pharaoh to to leave his people. You know, Moses and Yahweh telling Pharaoh to not touch his sheep or there would be consequences. And the sheep went to the wolves according to the word of Yahweh and another sheep met it and went with it, and the two went and entered together into the assembly of those wolves and spake with them and admonished them not to touch the sheep from henceforth. Verse 19, and thereupon I saw the wolves, how they were, they oppressed the sheep exceedingly with all their power, and the sheep cried aloud. And Yahweh came to the sheep and began to smite 
the wolves. And says Yahweh killing the Egyptians with plagues, remember? And the wolves began to, to make lamentation, but the sheep became quiet and forthwith ceased to cry out. And I saw the sheep till they departed from amongst the wolves, but the eyes of the wolves were blinded, and those wolves departed in pursuit of the sheep with all their power. So this would be the Egyptians chasing Israel to the Red Sea. Verse 22, And the Lord of the sheep, Yahweh, went with them as their leader, and all his sheep followed him, and his face was dazzling and glorious and terrible to behold. But the wolves began to pursue those sheep till they reached a sea of water, the Red Sea. And verse 24, And that sea was divided, and the water stood on this side and on that before their face. And their Lord led them and placed them between them and the wolves. And as the wolves did not yet see the sheep, they proceeded into the midst of that sea. And the wolves followed the sheep, and those wolves ran after them into that sea. And when they saw the Lord of the sheep, they turned, oh, Yahweh himself faced off. We didn't hear this in the book of Exodus. When the Egyptian army went after the Israelites in the Red Sea when it was parted, Yahweh himself was there, and he scared the holy hell out of that Egyptian army, and they tried to flee, but it was too late. And their Lord let, okay, so, and when they saw the Lord of the sheep, Yahweh, they turned to flee before his face, but that sea gathered itself together and became as it had been created. And the water swelled and rose till it covered all the wolves. And I saw, verse 27, all the wolves who pursued those sheep were perished and drowned. Now we go to verse 28, deals with Israel in the desert, the giving of the law, and the entrance into Palestine. We still got a little way to go here. Verse 28, but the sheep escaped from the water and went forth into a wilderness where there was no water and no grass. And they began to open their eyes and to see. And I saw Yahweh of the sheep pasturing them and giving them water and grass and the sheep going and leading them. And that sheep descended to the summit of that lofty rock and, Yah and the Lord of the sheep sent it to them. And after that, I saw the Lord of the sheep who stood before them. And his appearance was great and terrible and majestic. And all those sheep saw him and were afraid before his face. And they all feared and trembled because of him. And they cried to that sheep with them, which was amongst them. We are not able to stand before our Lord or to behold him. Verse 32, and that sheep which led them again, this would be Moses, ascended to the summit of the rock, but the sheep began to be blinded and to wander from the way which Moses had showed them. But the, that sheep was not thereof. Verse 33, And the Lord of the sheep was wrathful exceedingly against them, and the sheep discovered it, and went, uh, and Moses discovered it, and went down from the sum of the rock, and came to the sheep, and found the greatest part of them blinded and fallen away. And when they saw it, they feared and trembled at the presence. And they desired to return to their folds. And the sheep took other sheep with it and came to those sheep which had fallen away and began to slay them. 
and the sheep feared its presence. And thus that sheep brought forth back those sheep that had fallen away, and they returned to their folds. And I saw in the vision till that sheep became a man and built a house for the Lord of, of the sheep and placed all the sheep in that house. This would be building the temple for, of Yahweh. And I saw till this sheep, which had met that sheep which led them, led them fall asleep. And I saw till all the great sheep perished and the little ones arose in their place. And they became they came to a pasture and approached a stream of water. Then that sheep, their leader, which had become a man, withdrew from them and fell asleep. And all the sheep sought it and cried over it with a great crying. And I saw till they left off crying, for that sheep had crossed the stream of water. And there are there are arose two sheep as leaders in the place of those which had led them and fallen asleep. So this would be Joshua, Joshua and Caleb were the only two sheep of the original group that got to cross over into the promised land. The rest of the adults, the children could, but the adults were not allowed to enter the promised land. Literally, they had fallen asleep and led, led astray. Verse 40, and I saw till the sheep came to a place a goodly place. I hope I'm still. I hope I didn't get booted off. I don't hear Martin in the background. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, okay. Go on. Okay. I'm still live. Okay. Here we go. Uh, and I saw till verse forty. And I saw till the sheep came to a goodly place and a pleasant and glorious land. And I saw till those sheep were satisfied, and that house stood among them in the pleasant land. Okay. This would be the promised land. Now we're going to. Uh, talk about verse 41, which deals from the time of Judges to the building of the temple. So Enoch here is talking about a lot of Old Testament. This all ties into the Old Testament and uh, Moses and the first five books there. Je yeah, okay, verse 41. And sometimes their eyes were open and sometimes blinded till another sheep arose and led them and brought them all back and their eyes were open. It's talking about the Judges. Verse 42, and the dogs and the foxes and the wild boars began to devour those sheep to the Lord of the sheep raised up another sheep and ram and a ram from the midst which led them. And the ram began to butt on either side of those dogs, foxes, and wild boars till he had destroyed them all. And that sheep whose eyes were open saw that ram which was amongst the sheep till it forsook its glory and began to butt those sheep, and trampled upon them, and behaved itself unseemly. And the Lord Yahweh of the sheep sent the lamb to another lamb, and raised it to being a ram and a leader of the sheep instead of that ram which had forsaken its glory. Verse 46, And it went to it and spoke to it alone, and raised it to being a ram, and made it the prince and leader of the sheep. But during all these things, these dogs oppressed the sheep. Well, a dog is a mongrel. It could be a Jew. Or... Verse 47, and the first ram pursued the second ram. This would be King Saul pursuing King David to try to kill him, remember? And the second ram arose and fled before him. And I saw to those dogs pulled down the first ram. Well, if you remember, King Saul was killed in battle. 
against the Philistines, I believe, the, the serpent seed, mongrels. Verse 48, and the second ram, King David, arose and led the little sheep, and those sheep grew and multiplied. But all the dogs, which would be mongrels and Jews, and foxes and wild boars, these are all Jews and mongrels, they feared King David and Israel, and they fled before it. And, the, and that ram butted and killed the wild beast. Now, this is King David going to war. And those wild beasts had no longer any power among the sheep and robbed them no more of their wealth. Verse 48, and that ram begat many sheep and fell asleep. Well, that means King David fell asleep. That means he, in his old age, he went ahead and died in his old age. And a little sheep became a ram in its stead. This would be King Solomon. And he became a prince and leader of those sheep. Verse 50, and that house became great and broad, and it was built for those sheep. Well, King Solomon did build the temple, remember? And a tower lofty and great was built on the house for the Lord of the sheep. And the house was low, but the tower was elevated and lofty. And the Lord of the sheep stood on that tower, and they offered a full table before him. This would be the sacrifices to Yahweh. Now we go into verse 51, which deals with the two kingdoms of Israel and Judah, the southern and northern kingdom, and the destruction of Israel. Verse 51, and again I saw those sheep that they grew, that they erred and went many ways and forsook their house, and the Lord of the sheep called some from amongst the sheep and sent them to the sheep, but the sheep began to slay them, and one of them was saved and was not slain. And it sped away and cried aloud over the sheep, and they sought to slay it. But the Lord Yahweh of the sheep saved it from the other sheep and brought it up to me and caused it to dwell there. And many other sheep he sent to those sheep to testify unto them and to lament over them. And after that I saw that when they forsook the house of the Lord of Yahweh and his tower, they fell away entirely. Remember King Solomon got all of Israel to worship Satan and worship Baal and to forsake Yahweh, and their eyes were blinded, and I saw the Lord of the sheep, how he wrought much slaughter among them and the herds until those sheep invited that slaughter and betrayed his place. And he gave them over into the hands. Well, when Israel fell away from Yahweh, he gave them over into the hands of the enemies, the Jews and the serpent seed, the Canaanites, to the, to the lions and tigers and wolves and hyenas, and to the hands of the foxes and all the wild beasts. And those wild beasts began to tear to pieces all the, all the Israelite sheep. Verse 40, 56, And I saw that he forsook that their house and their tower and gave them all into the land of the lions to tear to devour them. And the hand of all the wild beasts, and I began to cry aloud with all my power and appeal to Yahweh, the Lord of the sheep, and to represent him in regard to the sheep that they were devoured by the wild beast. But he remained unmoved. Though he saw it and rejoiced that they were devoured and swallowed and robbed and left them to be devoured in the hands of all the beasts. If you turn your back on Yahweh, and you forsake him, then you're going to get cursed. Verse 59, and he called 70 shepherds and cast those sheep to them, and they might pasture them. And he spake to the shepherds and their companions. 
So now we're going to the judges, it says. Let each individual of you pasture the sheep henceforth, and everything that I shall command you that you do, you do. So we're going from kings to judges. And I will deliver them over unto you duly numbered, and tell you which of them are to be destroyed, and they destroy, and you will destroy them. And he gave over unto them those sheep. And he called another and spake unto him, Observe and mark everything that the shepherds will do for these sheep, for they will destroy more of them than I have commanded them. So Yahweh knew that some of these judges would not go 100% by what he tells them to do and that he would destroy some of the good Israelite sheep along with the, the bad sheep. Verse 62, And every excess and the destruction which will be wrought for the shepherds record namely how many they destroyed according to my command and how many according to their own uh, their own free will. Record against every individual shepherd all the destruction he effects and read out before me by number how many they destroy, how many they deliver over for destruction, that I may have this as a testimony against them. So Yahweh gives you a job, but you're going to be accountable for your job. And if you don't do what Yahweh tells you to do, then you're going to be in trouble. So with leadership comes responsibility. Uh, you know, uh, with you got a lot of talents and you're given a, a lot of jobs by Yahweh, then you're going to be expected to do a real good job. You've you got a lot of responsibility. And know every deed of the shepherds that I may comprehend and see what they do, whether or not they abide by my command which I have commanded them. Verse 64, but they shall not know it and they shall not declare and you shall not declare it to them nor admonish them, but only record it against each individual all destruction with the shepherds effect in his time and lay it all before me. And I saw to those shepherds, this is 65, verse 65, to those shepherds pastured in their season, and they began to, to slay and destroy more than they were told to. And they delivered those sheep into the hands of the lions. And the lions and tigers would eat and devour the greater part of those sheep. And the wild boars would eat along with them. And they burned that tower and demolished that house. This would be the, the, the temple that Solomon built being destroyed. And I became exceedingly sorrowful that the tower it was destroyed because the house of the sheep was demolished. And afterwards, I was unable to see if those sheep entered that house. Now we're going to go to verse 68. We're almost done with this chapter. It's really long. Well, verse 68. It covers, it covers what? Oh, two, three thousand. You know, it covers about two to three thousand years, years. of history. Flood to, you know, to, to essentially Moses to, through to, you know, Exodus and then through to the time of the judges, then through the time of the kings, you know, you know, the United Kings, and then the... By, the it's gonna, by the time we end in this chapter, it's going to be by the time of Alexander the Great. Hell, if that tells you anything, so Alexander the Great. Yeah, go ahead. All right, verse 68. The first period of the angelic rulers from the destruction of Jerusalem to the return from captivity. And the shepherds and their associates delivered 
over those sheep to all the wild beasts to devour them. And each one of them received in his time a definite number. It was written by the other in a book how many each one of them destroyed of them. Verse 69, and each one slew and destroyed many more than was prescribed, and I began to weep and lament on account of those sheep. Verse 70, and thus in the vision I saw that one who wrote, how he wrote down every one that was destroyed by those shepherds day by day and carried up and laid down and showed actually the whole book to Yahweh, even everything that they had done and all that each one of them had made had got away with and all that they had given over. This is the judges had done more than they were told to do and all that they had given over to them to the destruction Verse 71, and that book was read before Yahweh, and he took the book from his hand and read it and sealed it and laid it down. Yahweh keeps a record of everything. You don't think you're going to hide nothing from Yahweh. On your day of judgment, every individual gives account of everything they've ever done. Now, we're going to chapter 72, or verse 72, and this deals with the second period from the time of Cyrus to the time of Alexander the Great. And forthwith I saw how the shepherds pastured for 12 hours. This is the, the judges. And behold, three of those sheep turned back and came and entered and began to build up all that had fallen down of that house. But the wild boars tried to hinder them, but they were not able. And they began again to build it as before. And they reared up the tower, and it was named the high tower. And they began again to place a table before the tower. But all the bread on it was polluted and not pure. And as touching all this, the eyes of those sheep were blinded so that they, they saw not, and the eyes of their shepherds likewise. And they delivered them in the large numbers to the shepherds for destruction. And they trampled the sheep with their feet and devoured them. Verse 75, and Yahweh of the sheep remained unmoved until all the sheep were dispersed over the field and mingled with them, i.e. the beast and they the shepherds, did not save them out of the hand of the beast. And this one who wrote the book carried it up and showed it, read it before Yahweh, uh, and implored him on their account, and besought him on their account, as he showed him all the doings of the judges, the shepherds, and gave testimony before him against all the evil shepherds. And he took the actual book and laid it down beside him and departed. All right. Now, Martin, do you have any comment before I go to chapter 90? Well, that is quite, that is quite a prophecy. That is quite a prophecy. I think chapter ninety is the last of it. It is. And we'll go. We'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and finish up here. Uh, we, if we finish, right, I mean, chapter, chapter ninety is not quite as long. And once we're done with chapter ninety, we'll be done for tonight. Okay. Two. So, pretty well. You have. Well, this this chapter seventy nine was a major chapter. It it or, covered or eighty nine. Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. Sorry, covered. It covered very much everything. Essentially, it covered pretty well the history from the flood 
or from before the flood until, you know, essentially a number of them here that covered the dispersion. The dispersion here with uh, essentially the captivity of Babylon. So then you end up going to the period from Alexander the Great to the Greco-Syrian domination here. So go ahead and let's just finish this, okay? All right, hold on. Here we go. This is Chapter 90, folks. And this deals with the third period from Alexander the Great to the Greco-Syrian domination. All right, so... Verse 1, and I saw till that in this manner 35 shepherds undertook the pasturing of the sheep, and they severally completed their periods, as did the first. And others received them into their hands to pasture them for their period, each shepherd in his own period. And after that I saw in my vision all the birds of heaven coming, the eagle, the vulture, the kite, the raven, but the eagles led all the other birds. And they began to devour those sheep and to pick out their eyes and devour their flesh. And the sheep cried out because of their flesh was being destroyed by the birds. And as for me, I looked and lamented in my sleep over the shepherd who pastured the sheep. And I saw until those sheep were devoured by the dogs and eagles and kites. And they left neither flesh nor skin nor sinew remained on them till only their bones stood there. And their bones, too, fell to the earth, and the sheep became few. Verse 5, And I saw until that 23 had undertook the pasturing and completed in their several periods 58 times. All right, now we go to verse 6, which deals with the fourth period from the Greco-Roman domination to the to the Maccabean Revolt. And remember, the book of Maccabees 1 and 2 is in the Apocrypha, and it talks about the atrocities of the Catholic Church. That's why they took, that they don't really want you to read it. Verse 6, But behold, lambs were born by those white sheep, and they began to open their eyes and to see and to cry to the sheep. Yea, they cried to them, and they did not hearken to what they said to them, but they were exceedingly deaf. And their eyes were verily exceedingly blinded. And I saw in the vision how the ravens flew upon those lambs and took one of those lambs and dashed the sheep in pieces and devoured them. And I saw till horns grew up upon those lambs, and the ravens cast them, cast them, and their eyes opened, and it cried to the sheep. And the rams saw it and all ran to it. And notwithstanding all this, those eagles and vultures and ravens and kites still kept tearing the sheep and swooping down upon them and devouring them. Still the sheep remained silent, but the rams lamented and cried. And those ravens fought and battled with it and sought to lay low its horn, but they had no power over it. So there were some... Some of the Israelites were killed off, but the the rams that stood to face off against this enemy, uh, they were they were not destroyed. Okay, Ver, this talks the verse thirteen talks about the land assault of the Gentiles. Well, this is the Gentiles on the Jews, but we know that's a bunch. Of, I mean, it's not. 
It would be the Gentiles on the, on the verses of the Israelites. Verse 13, And I saw to the shepherds and eagles and those vultures and kites came, and they cried to the ravens that they should break the horn of the ram, and they battled and fought with it, and it battled with them and cried that its help might come. All the eagles and vultures and ravens and kites were gathered together, and there came with them all the sheep of the field. Yea, they all came together and helped each other to break the horn of the ram. Okay. Verse 19, And I saw till a great sword was given to the sheep, and the sheep proceeded against all the beasts of the field to slay them, and all the beasts of the birds of the heaven flew before their face. Verse 14, And I saw till that man who wrote down the names of the shepherds and carried up unto the presence of Yahweh, he came and helped it and showed it everything. He had come down for the help of that ram. So this ram that was in battle against the enemy, this sheep that wrote down a book and gave it to Yahweh was more than likely an angel. And this angel came down to help Israel fight. Verse 15, And I saw to the Lord of the sheep came unto them in wrath, and all who saw him fled, and they all fell unto his, his shadow from before his face. Verse 17, And I saw the man who wrote the book according to the command of Yahweh till he opened the book and concerned the destruction which those twelve last shepherds had wrought and showed that they had destroyed much more than they, their predecessors had before. So these were evil Israelite rulers that were abusing their power. Verse 18, And I saw till the Lord of the sheep Yahweh came unto them and took in his hand the staff of his wrath and smote the earth and the earth clove a somber and all the beasts and all the birds of the heaven fell from amongst the sheep and were smalled up in the earth and it covered them now this deals with verse 20, 20 and 21 deals with the judgment of the fallen angels the shepherds so not just the fallen angels are going to be judged but the evil white leaders, the evil white Israelite shepherds that were given power to lead Israel, that were wicked, and also the apostate Israelites who were unbelievers and lawbreakers, the, the unrepentant, the wicked. Verse 20, And I saw till a throne was erected in the pleasant land, and Yahweh of the sheep sat himself thereon, and the other took the sealed books and opened those books before the Lord of the sheep. And the Lord called those men the seven first white ones. And he commanded that they should bring forth him, beginning with the first star which led the way. All the stars. So, this, so Satan is judged first. The first star which led all the other stars astray. Satan or Azazel. He's judged first. And then all the other stars that followed Satan, whose privy members were like those of a horse, and they brought them all before. Hold on. I thought we were almost finished. We got a little more. They brought them all before him, and he said to that man who wrote before him, well, this might be Enoch, the one that, hey, the one that is recording what's going on with the judges. That might be Enoch. He was supposed to write down and take an account. And he said to that man, Enoch, who wrote before him, being one of those seven white ones, and said unto him, 
Take those 70 shepherds, those judges, to whom I delivered the sheep, and who, taking them on their own authority, slew more than I commanded. And behold, behold, they were all bound. So the judges of Israel are all going to be bound. They're going to be punished. I saw and they all stood before him, and the judgment was held first over the stars, and they were all judged and found guilty. So all the, all the judges of Israel were found guilty of abusing their power, and they went to the place of condemnation, and they were cast into the abyss. Not only the fallen angels, but the judges, like Samson. They were full of, remember Samson died with having his eyes poked out? Remember? Don't you remember? And Delilah was a Canaanite whore. They were full of fire and flaming and full of pillars of fire. Verse 25, and those 70 shepherds were judged and found guilty, and they were all cast in the abyss. Verse 26, and I saw at that time how alike an abyss was opened up in the midst of the earth full of fire, and they brought those blinded sheep, and they were all judged and found guilty and cast in the fiery abyss. This would be all the wicked proselytes, all the race traders, and they were all burned. Now this abyss was to the right of that house, and I saw those sheep burning and their bones burning. So Yahweh is sending, he had an abyss for the fallen angels, a separate abyss for the 70 judges of Israel that were wicked, and then an abyss with eternal hellfire for all the Israelites that don't obey Yahweh. This ain't just the Jews, this is the shaft of the wheat. Now we go to verse 28, and I stood up, this deals with the New Jerusalem, the conversion of the surviving Gentiles or Wiggers, the resurrection of the righteous, the Messiah. We're almost done, folks. Verse 28, and I stood up till, till they folded up that old house and carried off the pillars and all the beams and ornaments of the house were at the same time folded up with it, and they carried it off and laid it in a place in the south of the land. And I saw till the Lord of the sheep brought a new house greater and loftier than the first and set it up in the place of their first, which I had been folded up. All... Its pillars were new, and all its ornaments. This is the New Jerusalem, and its ornaments were new and larger than those of the first. The old one, which he had taken down, and all the sheep were within it. And I saw the sheep which had been left, and all the beasts of the field, and all the birds of the heaven falling down, and doing homage to those sheep, and making petition to, and obeying them, and everything. And therefore, this is how the Israelites are going to rule all the nations of the earth from the New Jerusalem. There's all these birds and beasts of the field of the other races that cannot come into the New Jerusalem. The pure niggers and the pure gook Chinese that aren't destroyed. Verse 31. And therefore, those three who were clothed in white and it seized me by my hand. This would be the angels, archangels, Gabriel, Raphael, and Uriel, who had taken me up before, and the hand of the ram also seizing hold of me. They took me up and set me down in the midst of those sheep before the judgment took place. And those sheep were all white, and their wool was abundant and clean. And all that, all that had been destroyed and dispersed, and all the beasts of the field, and all the birds of the heaven, assembled in that house, and the Lord of the sheep rejoiced with a great joy because they were all good and returned to his house. This will be the lost sheep, that, the remnant that found their way home. Verse 34, and I saw till they had 
laid down that sword which had been given to the sheep, and they brought it back into the house, and it was. Okay, uh, I was looking, I think that, uh, I think Logan went ahead and got cut off, you know, no big deal, um, no big deal, I just got some, uh, I just got some good news, uh, what happens is that this case, this case, which I asked for a change of venue and change of judge, has been granted. Hey, Martin. Uh, yeah. My two-hour uh, time thing came up, and I got booted. I'm almost done, though. I'm almost done. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and tell the good news here after you get done. We'll go ahead. Yeah, and as soon as I'm done, I'll, I'll end it with a prayer, and then you can talk about whatever you want. Let me go ahead. I Give me about five minutes, and I should be done. What, chat, what verse are you on? Uh, right now, we're talking about, hold on, and I saw they laid down the sword. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on. It's talking about the New Jerusalem, and the eyes were all, okay, hold on. Verse 33, and all that had been destroyed and dispersed, and all the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven assembled in the house, and the Lord of the sheep rejoiced with great joy, because they were all good and returned to his house. Verse 34, and I saw till they had laid down that sword which had been given to the sheep, and they brought it back into the house. This would be the sword of truth, the spirit of Yahweh. And it was sealed before the presence of Yahweh. And all the sheep were invited in that house, but it held them not. And the eyes of them were all open, and they saw the good, and they were there was not one of them among them that did not see. So all the blind will be made healed, all the lame will be. We're going to get new bodies. We're going to be perfect spirit bodies without spot or blemish. And... Uh, it says the house could not contain them, because even though we're, the remnant will be in the New Jerusalem, we will have access to the entire universe with Yahweh. Verse 36, and I saw that the house was large and broad and very full. Verse 37, and I saw that a white bull was born with large horns, and all the beasts of the field, and all the birds of the air feared him and made petition to him all the time. This is probably talking about Yahshua, the king of kings. And I saw till all their generations were transformed, and they all became white bulls. And the first among them became a lamb. And that lamb became a great animal and had great black horns on its head. And the Lord of the sheep rejoiced over it and over all the oxen. And I slept in the midst, and I awoke and saw everything. This is the vision which I, Enoch, saw while I slept. And I awoke and blessed the Lord of righteousness and gave him glory. Then I wept with a great weeping, and my tears stayed not till I could no longer endure it. When I saw they flowed on account of what I had seen. For everything shall come and be fulfilled, and all the deeds of men in those order were shown to me. On that night I remembered the first dream. Because of it I wept and was troubled because I had had seen that vision. Okay, folks, I just want to say I'm fixing to pray here. Okay, everything let, me, in this. let me go ahead. Let me go ahead. This is this is one heck. 
of prophecy in what? Yeah. Uh, what, 79, uh, sorry, 89 and 90. Yeah. It covers where the white bull, you know, the white bull are the righteous men here, just like uh, just like Noah was a white oh, bull. Oh, yeah. And his son Shem was a white bull. You know, now his brothers, uh, more likely Japheth was a red bull, and... Uh, and, and Ham was a black bull. And Ham was a black bull, which is, you know, sort of appropriate here. Black bull, we didn't really much care what he caught on, but anyway. And, and this is actually uh, saying... Martin, it actually said in this prophecy that only the descendants of Shem are going to be in the New Jerusalem. There will be no Japhethite or Hamite in the New Jerusalem at all. On top of that, on top of that, on top of that, not, there's three different abysses. The first abyss for the fallen angels, the second abyss for the 70 judges, like Samson and all them. And the third abyss had hellfire in it, and that was for all the shaft of the wheat, the proselytes, the wicked. Okay. Uh, in the case of Samson, in the case of Samson, he really was not a race mixer because the Philistines were were Adamic in origin. I don't know about that, but I do know this. It does. Enoch does say here. That all the judges, including Samson, I mean, Samson got his eyes poked out. He was taken captive, and he died a horrible death. He was, he was, I mean, he to, he totally, he lusted after this Philistine whore, Delilah, and turned well, his back on. I mean, he told all the secrets. He gave up. I mean, he gave up. On top of that, Enoch is saying here that all the judges abused their power. And not only did they kill the wicked wiggers, but they killed some they just didn't like. They killed some good white white wiggers that they just uh, just for the hell of it. I mean, they abused their power. I agree. I agree in that we all we all of us must face the judgment. We live but once, and then we must face the judgment. I understand that, but this is this is some look look. We know that we know one abyss was created just for Satan and the fallen angels. A second abyss was a second abyss was for the seventy judges, and a third abyss had hellfire in it for all the everybody, uh, not just the Jews, but the chaff of the wheat, the proselyte, the race trader. Yeah, well, there there is there is a number. That's what there we is read. A number. Okay. Anyway, so I'm. Uh, the judge found guilty and went to place condemnation. They were cast in this full fire and full pillars. And those 70 were found guilty. Uh, and they were cast in fire and pissed. Well, I guess it's sort of, it can be sort of bad if you abuse your power. You know, basically you had to pay for it. And so they bought those blinded sheep. And they were all judged on in this fire. They burned. And now this abyss is to the right of that house. I saw those sheep burning and their and their bones burning. Well, in many cases you it was just like it was just like the bones of the bell priest here, which Yahweh's prophet went ahead and said would be would be damaged. Of course Yahweh's prophet, uh he got he got lied to, he got lied to and he got killed by a lion for not doing what he was told to do. Now didn't he? You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Where's the one? Where's the one who told King Jehu? Uh, he says, "You tell Jehu. Uh, you tell Jehu that now he's a king and he's been ordained. He's been ordained. 
He's been anointed. Now his time has come, but what happens is that Jehu's a sort of a mean little critter, and what he'll do is uh, he'll try to go ahead and kill you. So what you do is you go back by a different way, and you don't hang around. And essentially, that that prophet learned from, you know, profited from the example of the prophet who did not listen, who did not obey, and was like, you yeah. got deceived, and, you know, pretty well, I pretty well told Willie Martin here, he was trying to suck up to these one seed liners, uh, Andy Anderson, yeah. and Meerkat Mark Downey, and Clark Downey, and the rest of them here, and I says, well, if I'd been King Joe Ash, and you'd pulled that crap here, your bones would have been burnt too here. That nail piece would have gone away with his bones unfinished. Your bones would have been burning with the rest of them, Willie. And I liked Willie, but he was a he was a very meek man, very good man here. But yeah, but Willie Martin Harrison is that Satan was a black man. That's what Willie Martin believes. Well, what happens, Willie Martin, and I, I think I think Willie Martin has something is that Satan disguised himself as a nigger, and you know, especially you know, he's seen that, you know, seen that, seen his black snake said, "Oh, what a peach here," and fell over on her he, around heels and let Satan have a go with his black snake, and you know, so the forbidden fruit, fruit wasn't a was it a fig? Was it an apple? Was it a pomegranate? It was a peach. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it was exactly that here, but uh, <laughs> you, you, get, you, get, you get the joke here. Sort of like with old, sort of like, uh, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, uh, rest here. So anyway, I guess there's some tards here who are, the movement turd is, Probably on, and the tards are probably. All right, well, let me go ahead. Uh, let me go ahead and end it with a prayer, and yeah, then a prayer, and uh, we might want to come back and look at this again because this was quite. This yeah. was you know, this was very. This was it's good very, stuff. Very, it's very, really good stuff, Martin. It's really yeah, good. It's well, let me go ahead and close this stuff. out with a prayer, and then we can talk you about uh, whatever you need. To. Okay, folks, we're going to go ahead and end the, the portion of the show, the Bible study, with a prayer. Here we go, uh, with our with our hands up in the air to Yahweh. Dear Holy Father Yahweh, we come to you in prayer. Uh we have read this masterful work by Enoch and he, he everything that's in this scripture ties into the Old Testament, ties into the to the New Testament, and it does not contradict at all. We're very much thankful for having access to this and for having the discernment and the Holy Spirit to understand and relate this and and realize, Father, that none of your prophecies will fail, even though the modern writings of Apostle Paul says that your prophecies can fail. We don't believe that. And also, your law is never going to be done away with. Yahshua didn't come to destroy the law of the prophets. Not only that, your laws are forever. Because even after the old heaven and old earth are destroyed, they will still be here. Your words are forever, Father Yahweh. And we just want to never doubt any of your promises, any of your prophecy, any of your words, and any of your commandments or laws. We want to believe every word that you tell us as sheep. We are sheep. And we are going to be in the New Jerusalem if we are pure Israelite and we are part of your remnant. We are your sheep, Father Yahweh. 
and uh, our King of Kings and uh, is Yahshua. And we will remarry Yahshua as part of a remnant bride. And it says that the new Jerusalem, the new temple, will be far greater than the old temple that was built by King Solomon and by the hands of man. And we know that your Holy Spirit is not built in a temple by by a stone or wood stone or clay or built by man's hands. That Right now our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we will get new bodies. We will get new bodies that are perfect and that we will never grow old, we will never die, never get disease or sickness. And uh, we just thank you so much for that, Father Yahweh. Thank you so much for your love and being your children and that you loved us and you... You allowed us to repent and to come back to you and remarry you, symbolically remarry you, to have a covenant relationship with you forever. So we do not want to be over any other king but you, over any other set of laws but your commandments and laws. And we'll be very happy with that, Father Yahweh. So we just pray that our Bible study that we have that we will continue to go to the lost and found sheep of Israel. We will continue to love our neighbor as ourselves by keeping all of your laws perfectly and teaching our neighbor to repent and keep your laws. And first and foremost, to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, spirit, and strength. So that if we can't, if we can't have a relationship with you on this earth and love you now, how are we going to have a relationship in eternity with you? We can't get it right right now. That's so important. So we want to be humble. We want to be righteous as you are righteous in heaven, Father Yahweh. And correct us when we are wrong. Admonish us through your Holy Spirit or through other ways. And so we give you all the, all the praise, all the glory, and all the thanks. Forever, Yahweh, so be it. Hey, Martin. Yeah, this was a very good, this was a very good, you know, it, it went over because since we're an hour late. Yeah, and that's normally right. it would that's be right. about nine. That's it right. would be nine twenty. It would be nine twenty-five instead of uh, that's right. ten thirty. It doesn't really matter. Uh, so did they say the Japhethites here would not make a pen because I I sort of will read the same thing. Essentially, you have the white races and. They used to call them Semites, and then they they mixed up the Iranians. They call them the you know, I think the I think the uh, Persians were actually of the tribe of Japheth, whereas their cousins, the Medes, who were close to them, were Semites. You know what I mean, or descend from yeah. Shem. And they used to call the Mediterraneans. They used to call them Hamites, and lots of started call them Nordics, Alpines, and uh, Mediterraneans. You know, among the uh, the whites, and then also the whites. He's had three sub races among the whites. Lothrop Stoddard, who really wasn't that much of a Christian, he used to drive them that away here. Uh, that you unmute. I don't know about that here. Uh, you need to get you know, you need to get a different one here. Besides, this is not the moving third. Uh, anyway. Uh, Pretty well says that Gog and Magog, and Gog and Magog are descended from Japheth, and that they're going to encompass the camp of saints and be destroyed. So I, I've often wondered about that here. So especially as the Book of Enoch predicts is that the Japheth, I think, are going to make it. Well, 
Well, that's pretty well in what Revelation chapter twenty says. But in any case, well, I've been saying the same. I've been saying the same thing, Martin. I've been saying that ham mongrelized not just with Negroes, but with uh, with uh, Jews and well, other mongrels, and that well, and that Japheth, the Russians, the Japhethites, mongrelized with Asians and Jews. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on. Okay. Anyway, uh, what what I wanted to go ahead and mention is I just went ahead and looked at the Missouri Case Net, and my very first my very first uh, Missouri Sunshine Law uh, lawsuit has just gotten a change of judge. It's been sent right back to Missouri, you know, Supreme Court, and I asked that it be taken to Berry County or Christian County or, lastly, Green County. And especially where they don't know or they don't give a shit about uh, what goes on with me versus uh, Granby. So, pretty well, that's good news for me because it just means yet more delay, more delay, and I don't have to I don't have to show up for uh, court on the first of June. You know what I mean? It just means yeah. more delay. So, uh, in any case, uh, you know. That's what it means. And I was looking at what I filed. This, you know, essentially their stupid crap, you know, with Stremel, with Stremel and the rest here, you know, by these crooks of Granby, has essentially created six lawsuits. Their stupid crap's created six lawsuits, you know, two by me, you know, for violating the Sunshine Act. Two of them, you know, two of them for that, that, that bogus talking charge, which shouldn't be allowed because, hey, they don't have jurisdiction. And uh, first of all, the two where I've been arrested for making fun of the crooked mayor. And Tuesday night, you know, here I am, and I'm asking questions, and these idiots decide they're going to go ahead and go form another lawsuit. They're going to spend $3,800 trying to make somebody clean up his properties, and the guy is a former mayor of Granby and an idiot. But essentially, they didn't. They didn't go ahead and use the law. Well, we were going to go ahead and use the courts. I said, "Well, you, you know, you should use the courts before you start this litigation." And I said, "Look, you're not. You know, you can go ahead and try to form a lien. Go ahead and have that, and then form a lien." But essentially, Jim Odie over at the New Town Tax Collector said he is not going to honor your lien. So essentially, you're just making a worthless lien. Which is going to go ahead and create, you know, essentially, you know, it's just going to go ahead and create litigation, you know, when Rick McCauley decides he doesn't want to pay that way. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So here's essentially you're you're you you just wasted you just wasted thirty eight four thousand dollars or more of Grandy money just because somebody, you know, and essentially his property, you know, they they sent out seventy eight. You know, they they bothered 78 people, but they haven't bothered the Newton County Road District, the idiots, because, hey, I told I told the county commissioner, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially your road district buildings and your lot, which is about a block or so from my house, you know, uh, you know on Cobb Hill or what's left, you know, a portion of Cobb Hill. You know, heck, you guys, you guys don't mow, you guys don't mow any of your damn weeds at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so when are you gonna go ahead? You gotta you gotta go ahead and do equal things. So when are you gonna go ahead and put a lien against the Newton County Road District? You know what I mean? The answer is you're not. Yeah. We both know you're not. So here's these idiots. They just went ahead and voted Tuesday night. So anyway, 
you know, I, I'm calling him, you know, his name is Travis Rampage Gamble. I'm calling him T Rampage. And if I can find a Nimbus retard, you know, like Eunuch, I'd like to have a picture of old, you know, uh, T Rampage's face aboard a little, you know, T Tyrannosaurus Rex here. And then the other one have a cat of old Milwaukee. And the other one says, you got to lift your paw before you talk to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just stupid crap here. So essentially, They've delayed it here. Essentially, it's going off to it's going off to a new judge. One of the one of the you know, one of the court cases here. So, you know, pretty well, you know, pretty well. I can do that. I can do that with all the cases. You know what I mean? And after a jury, you know, outside the district, and they'll say, "Well, what the hell is going on? What the hell is going on in Newton County?" You know what I mean? You no, know, I, I, I found out a way to just simply. Drag it on and drag it on and drag it on for years. You know what I mean? Just drag yeah. it on for years. And this is just in this is just in the fucking county. You know what I mean? This is probably a little crooked courts in Granby. You know what I mean? Or in Newton County. Uh, I got a letter from this uh, Missouri Attorney General. He says the Missouri Supreme Court has ruled the judges are above the law. And I agree. That's been the way. That's the way they always look at it. I mean, the judges, the cops, and the rest are above the law. Well, the problem of it is, what happens when they're no longer the law? What happens is when people who hate them are the law. Are they going to yeah. go ahead and show the cops and the judges and the lawyers? And the answer is sure they will. But, but protection. I mean, look, you you didn't want to be judged for your crimes when you were in power. What do you think is going to happen when you're not in power? Well, we just read uh, in the book of Enoch right here that Yahweh is gonna is gonna take care of these bastards. Well, these, yeah, I mean, yeah, I if you if you've been given if you've been given authority to be a judge or ruler over an Israelite or a Western European nation, and you do evil, if you if are, you so you much if you so much as punish an innocent person or put an innocent person in jail or murder an innocent person pretending like you're carrying out justice. You are going to be punished severely. That's what happened. Yeah, you're going to be punished severely. So anyway, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go ahead and unmute them. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, call in night here. Uh, okay, I, I, we'll, we'll be back. Well, we don't have much left on any. We'll be back Sunday, Martin. We'll be back Sunday. Yeah, I just I just I just literally got some good news. I got some good news because hey, the uh, the June first quote, hearing for a motion dismissed and then essentially, you know, essentially delayed here. And that gives me more time to, you know, essentially fight these bastards uh, as much as I want here. You know what I mean? You know, it, yeah. it goes on and on and on and on. So anyway, yeah, well, behave yourself. This is not the movement turd. Yeah, okay. So anyway, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, Mute these goofy people here, and we're going to go ahead and call night. But hey, I just went ahead and seen that. Uh, hey, I got some good news again. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what about the Brian Real front, but press F to pay respects here. Well, whatever here. So anyway, uh, I'm glad that you showed up, and then we had. Uh, you know, I especially like the last two chapters here. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night, and I'm going to say hell victory. May Yahweh bless those of you who be of Yahweh, and good night, Ben. All right, all right, Bart. We'll be back Sunday. Hell victory.
Elvis Yep. All right. 